0: From
1: the beginning, and I was shown that um, uh, that Lucifer would return. That the UN and the Vatican were going to be completely behind it again, under false pretenses. He's going to show up and say, "I'm here to save the day," right? Uh, and okay, fine, you know. Yeah, of go course, ahead, you can try. say whatever you want. But I've always hated censorship. It's the internet. Yeah. Oh, you know, once they get you for your first love bite, well, it depends on how aware you are, right? I
0: forgot my bullets, I never had a gun, here I am left standing. Am I the only one? For what I see, memories have killed me. I'll never see the sun.
2: Uh, First of all, as you know, the uh, the Anunnaki and the Draco are enemies. Second of all, underneath Baghdad was a stargate that was created by the Anunnaki. So that they could transfer from the middle to the earth.
0: I'll never see the sun. I could just end it all but the demons will have one
3: practitioners <laughs> that, You know, some are are good and some use their magic for good and to heal and to help. And others do use it for evil. And, you know, in some cases, you know, people really (laughs) were.
1: This is too much sometimes. From the broken ruins of Babylon, this is End of Days Radio. (laughs) I am your host, Daniel, broadcasting to you all the way from that shimmering emerald city right here in the heart of that beautiful, foresty Pacific Northwest. How are you guys? Oh my god! It's been a little while since I was last on. Let's see here. When was the last show? It was Doop Doop Doop. June 29th? Yikes. It's been a while. It's been a while since I did the show. And then then you remember that you guys remember that song by Stained? How many of you guys remember Stained? Raise your hand. You you late nineties, early two thousands kids out there, my generation. The cool generation, not like these little punks out there that they don't even know what Stained is. They don't even know what limp biscuit is. A limp biscuit, this. A limp biscuit, this. A limp biscuit. How are they? However, they used to say that Fred Durst, corn. Come on, guys. Anyways, you know what? Forget this. This is a very special show that we have planned today. This is End of Days Radio, where we ignite that torch and run into the night and pass the torch on and on and on. As you guys know, you need to pick up that torch when I die, when I'm taken out by the Illuminati. I need you guys to keep that torch lit and keep it going. But hey, I'm not dead yet. I've got a lot of shows to do still. Today is a very special day. We're going to do a show that's a little bit more, I don't know, positive, I think, We've been covering a lot of dark stuff lately. Today's guest is a gentleman named Nathan Sanders, a very interesting guy. Nathan Sanders had a near-death experience in 2013. Since then, he has been communicating with a being named Sam. He's here to talk about synchronicity with us and a lot of other things, too. So I'm pretty excited about this, and you longtime listeners, I think, are going to be excited to kind of get off... Get off all that negative Illuminati stuff a little bit. I mean, of course, I'll ask him about the Illuminati. I I ask everybody about the Illuminati. But we'll get to that later. First, we've got so much stuff to talk about. I'm going to go ahead and ring him up. In a second, remember that this is End of Days Radio and we do an interview at the start of the show. Then we usually uh, do a little commercial break. And then we come back and we cut loose. There's a lot going on in the world, a lot to talk about. So I definitely want you guys to come back here and listen, keep listening, whether you listen on podcasts or YouTube or you listen to a live show, however you get this show, go to endofdaysradio.com. You can listen that way and keep up to date on everything. Let's do this. Let's dial him up. Enough of this monkeying around. Let's get this show on the road. Ha ha ha. Mm -hmm.
3: Hello. Hello, Daniel. Hello, Nathan. How are you
1: doing? I am doing excellent... It is a little hot here
3: in Washington state. Where are you calling out of? I'm in Port St. Lucie, Florida. Ooh. Uh uh on the uh, just north of Palm Beach, about an hour's drive north on the east coast.
1: Oh nice. Uh di- did you say Florida?
3: Yes, yeah. Florida.
1: <laughs> Ooh, that's a famous area for uh interesting things.
3: Yeah, and Port St. Lucie is very interesting. I mean, if you just take the the name of the town and you decode it, Port St., you know, uh, Lucie is light. So it's the portal of portal of light that saints pass through. That's the way I I sort of see it.
1: Yeah, I love <laughs> and, that. That's so relevant to you and what you do.
3: Or we could call it Port St. Lucifer either i i did watch some of your last shows <laughs> the age of lucifer so of course i i made that connection <laughs>
1: yeah i almost threw that out there myself as soon as you said that
3: <laughs> yeah well there's no coincidences here <laughs>
1: uh, no yeah you oh yes you have that absolutely right i i've um experienced some of some of these uh coincidences myself
3: is well you know it's interesting that uh when i when i got your email and I saw that it was end of days radio and that your name was Daniel, you know, of course I thought, well, this is, this is of course meant to be here. Um, you know, considering who Daniel was in the Bible and the, uh, the actually the part that he's going to play in the, in the, uh, in, in my story is pretty incredible too. So there's going to be a lot of synchronicities here. I have a feeling for, for all of us tonight. Uh,
1: yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, you know, what I always like to do at the beginning, you know, as I told you uh, earlier off air, I, I love to start off and just kind of, you know, get your get your story. Like, um, I always think it's cool to kind of find out where somebody came from. That really helps us pe- piece their life together and kind of understand them. Would you mind telling us a little bit about where you grew
3: up and kind of what it was like? Sure. I was born in Vero Beach, Florida, uh, in 1967. I'm 51 years old and uh, grew up. Uh, In Florida, until I was a senior in high school, we moved. Uh, my dad worked for the phone company and got a transfer to outside to Atlanta, Georgia. So moved there when I was, uh, 18. I moved to New York. I I was going to be an actor. Uh, did that for a couple of years and then I went behind the scenes. I became a playwright and, uh, became, uh, you know, pretty successful doing that. I was very lucky. My first play was done off, off Broadway in, uh, New York and, uh, Uh, That sort of launched my writing career. Um, And so I was pretty happy, you know, working in the theater, writing plays. I've had over 100 productions all over the world. Oh, wow. Uh, And, you know, everything sort of was, uh, you know, just sort of a normal life for me. I was always a spiritual seeker. Um, I was uh, I lived on an interfaith ashram back in my 20s, which was Eastern philosophy based. It was uh, our you know, I had a guru, a spiritual teacher, and, uh, you know, was always seeking God. I was raised Mormon. Um, My parents were Mormon. And so um, I grew up in the church, started questioning that, you know, as a teenager and started reading all of, you know, started reading Shirley MacLaine's out on a limb. And, you know, I I did that whole thing. This was in the 80s, you know, um, sort of went down sort of the new age kind of route a little bit, studied, you know, about uh, Hinduism and Buddhism and and uh and just you know was always wanting that connection um and then in 2013 i had a near-death experience and that's where everything changed for me um it was a radical awakening at that at that time Uh,
1: to some of this stuff you said i mean this is interesting um you said that you were a a writer um did you have any certain favorites that you looked up to and that inspired you?
3: Yes, I well, being a southern writer, that's that is my uh, you know, that's sort of my genre that I write. So I always loved the southern writers, Eudora Welty, um uh I I loved Carson McCullers, Truman Capote, uh, Flannery O'Connor. Um, you know, and, and my plays were um Although they were, you know, sort of dark, sort of southern gothic comedy, um, they were always very spiritual, um, always very magical, sort of magical realism. Um, and in fact, my most popular play um, has a resurrection scene in it. So I was, there was always that, 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 uh, that interest for me. And even in my work was the spiritual realm. You know, what hap- Why are we here? What happens after we die? Where are we going? What is this all about? Mm. Uh, you know, I had never really questioned the reality itself until after the near death experience
1: yeah um i I can say that i've never had a near death experience, but I, I suppose I should just have you
3: walk us through exactly what happened. I, I want to hear this yeah, you know what i'll I will tell you that you know, throughout my entire life, I had, I guess what you would call psychic ability. I remember when I was a little kid, I could tell my, I could tell when the phone was going to ring. Oh I also had tele tele, telepathic abilities with my mother. I would hear, we would be in the car. I would hear her ask me a question. I would answer her, but she hadn't actually asked me yet. It used to kind of freak her out a little bit. So there was, and, (laughs) and, and I, and I would have at times, um, Sort of out of body experiences where I would be in my bed and I would feel like my body was floating up out of the bed, um, and I would see little sparkles of light in the dark room. And there's how I would feel a, a you know a swirl of energy. Um, so I'd had some of these sort of experiences anyway. So you know, just to sort of give you the the, the sort of brief. I, I really of what happened.
1: I really think yeah. that there's something special about the connection between mother and child. The one outright telepathic experience that was actually like sentences that I ever had in my life was with my own mother
3: yes without a doubt I think that's where we first um, you know we we first see uh, get a hint of something something deeper than the physical realm that there's something more here Um, and and so with with me it was that way and um, you know so it was October 25th, 2013. Um, to make a long story short, I was in my house. I had bought a house outside of Atlanta in a little town called Douglasville, Georgia, which, Daniel, is interesting because at the time I didn't think, I didn't even realize it. But later, of course, doing research, I realized that, at, that the house was actually located on the 33, you know, 33rd degree north, what is it, parallel line? I think they, is how you say it. I mean, we know what that, you know, so it's just the location of where the near-death experience happened, I think, may have had something to do with it. Um, the fact that it was on that 33rd parallel line, north line. and uh, But I was in my house. I was alone. It was the night of October. It was October 24th, right before midnight. So this went on before midnight and then into the 25th. Actually, it was October 25th. Right after midnight, when the near death actually occurred, and I'll tell you later how I found out the actual that it was actually after midnight. That's pretty mind blowing too, because uh, I'd always wondered for these last four and a half years what what actual date it was. And uh, I went into a series of seizures in my house, and my heart stopped beating. And when I when I was uh, when I was out of my body, I encountered a divine being. He was male in his early 30s, and um, he told me several things. The one I wanted to share tonight with you is he said to me, the world you think you're living in is not the world you're living in. You've been deceived. Ooh. Yeah. And, of course, you know, I had never questioned reality in any way. Um, I thought this was what it was. You know, what it looks like is what it is. Um and he said that suffering is an aberration. you were not created to suffer, and if you're suffering suffering, there's something terribly wrong. You're in a very bad place and i he he i said well how how do I stop suffering?" He said, "You stop suffering when you learn the truth and i said so that's that was what awakened me to the fact that there was something going on here. That was beyond what I could understand or what seemed to be the reality I was experiencing, you know, throughout my life. Um, the other thing that he communicated with me um, that I wanted to share was he said, I can communicate with you through music. Now, I've always been a musician. I play the piano. I compose songs. So music has always been a really big part of my life. And. I had a piano at my house, and several months leading up to the near-death experience, I would have this experience where I would be playing in the living room, and I would feel the presence of someone in the house with me. Usually, I could feel them in the bedroom. I would be playing in the living room, and it got to where I would just say, you know, I don't know who you are, but I know you're here. I know you're in the room, and you can come in here and listen to me play if you'd like. You don't have to stay in there. And then I would feel this presence come into the room where I was playing. There were times, Daniel, where it felt like this presence set where I was sitting and would play through me. It was very intimate. So for six months leading up to this, I'd been having that experience with the music and with this being. So when I, when I saw his face during the near-death experience, I immediately connected that to who that was that this is, I'm seeing the face of the being that was in the house with me when I would play the piano. Um, I, It was not a face I recognized. I'd never seen the face before. However, I heard his voice and I recognized the voice. The voice seemed familiar to me. So he said to me, "I could, when I realized I was coming back into my body, I'm going to make this sort of, there's a lot that went into this, but I want to go ahead and just get the main part out. He said, um, I could communicate with you through music. I could communicate with you through lyrics of songs, titles of songs, start playing the songs on the radio. You can communicate with me that way. So um, w- three days later, when I got home from the hospital, you know, I was starting to think, OK, this was a hallucination. My mind was, you know, I was reading about near-death experiences. My mind was losing oxygen, and, and you know, it was a complete hallucination. So I, I just was in the living room, and I thought, you know, I just started to pray out loud. And I said, you know, I, I really need to know that you were real. I need to know that what I experienced was real. What you said to me was real. What you showed me was real. And that, you know, that this this was real. I heard a voice. Now, this was not out loud, but it was in my head. The thought came into my mind. I could literally hear him speaking to me. And he said, there is a song playing right now on your computer. So I had a few months before a friend said, hey, do you know about Pandora Music app? I said, no. So he, he helped me set it up. So I had been playing the Pandora Music app and I just had it on random shuffle. You know, maybe I had 50 stations or something at that time. So I had my laptop open, like I always did, had the music going in the background this one night, and I had been thinking about my mother, and this goes back to my mom again. When I was uh, 13, we were living in the Vera Beach Highlands, and my mother was diagnosed with terminal cancer. She was diagnosed with lymphoma. And so she was the first person close to me who had ever died. And having had this near-death experience, you know, I was thinking about her and her illness and, you know, and and how – what that was like for our family at that time. And so I was thinking about her that entire day, specifically about being 13 in the Highlands. And during the near-death experience, one of the things he showed me, Daniel, he took me to 1967 – In that little house we lived in when I was a baby in the Highlands, I saw my mother looking in the crib at me, and I was sucking my thumb. And we had sort of a little exchange about why was I sucking my thumb. And he seemed seemed to indicate to me that there was something from the time I was born I was disconnected from him, and that was the infant trying to reconnect with that nurturing of this divine spirit. Then the next thing he showed me was was me looking down at my mother the same way she was looking at me in the crib, but this time I was looking down at her at her funeral in the casket. So he compared those two memories for me, one memory I'd had no memory of, and then the last time that I saw her. So I was thinking about that, that he had shown me that, and that's one of the things I was asking, you know, is was what you showed me real? So he says to me, there's a song playing right now on the Pandora Shuffle. Go over to your computer and read the lyrics, and you'll have your answers to whether I'm real or not. So I went over, and Daniel, there was a song playing. I had never heard this song before in my life. It was called Time of Your Song. It was by a, a Israeli artist, sort of a reggae song. His name is Matis Yahu, I think is how you pronounce his name.
1: Okay, yeah, and I'm familiar I with him.
3: The, do you know him? Yeah. Okay, time of your song. I'm reading six lines down because it had, you know, on the Pandora on the computer, it had the lyrics printed. And it's the line, the sixth line down says, I, I see myself in the Highlands at age 13. And I'm talking to the present day me. And I lost it. I knew he was real. There was no way that was a coincidence. Here I'm, talking, I'm thinking about being 13 in the Highlands, 1980, when my mom got cancer, and here it's in a song. And it was like the entire song was to me. And then I thought, okay, you're real. And then I'm. The next thing I said to him was, I said, okay, I'm I'm a little embarrassed because I did not ask you your name when I was with you. You obviously know who I am, but I don't know who you are. And the next song randomly that started to play was Jim Croce's song. I got a name. And I thought, okay, you've got a name and you're going to tell me your name. Now I knew the next song would be his name. I knew it. Random shuffle. Very next song comes on. It's an old Olivia Newton John song from 1976 called Sam from her. Don't stop believing album. And I had that album when I was a kid, I saw it in the record store I begged my mother to buy it for me. I have no, I have no idea why I wanted that record so bad, but I did, and that was my favorite song on it. So I thought, okay, Sam, are you saying your name is Sam? So I go to. He says, go to Google and look up what the name means. So I go to my computer. I type in, you know, uh, Sam name meaning. Pops up, Sam is a Hebrew uh, baby name. That means name of God. And that's when I knew that I was dealing with something incredibly profound. And that's how I began the, the communication and receiving the song messages. So at this point, I have received over 3000 intelligent responses, which I have documented. And it's all telepathic. I don't ask the question out loud. He communicates with me through the Pandora Music app, through the YouTube autoplay, through songs on the FM radio. I can walk into Walmart and a song will start playing over the, the loudspeakers. That is the the, question, the answer to the question I'm asking. And what I started to notice very quickly was that he would play a song. I would get in and say, OK, I remember the first time it happened, he played John Lennon's "Imagine." And I get in the car, go to a store, and the first person I see when I walk in the store is a woman wearing a t-shirt that says, Some may say I'm a dreamer. So I started to see connections between the physical reality. It's like he was sending me confirmations in the physical reality of what he was communicating to me in the music. That is very powerful, Nathan. It's mind-blowing.
1: You know, there, there's something about that that just really strikes a chord with me because I'm, I'm always on here talking about Illuminati and evil aliens and Satan and stuff like that. But the truth is there is some underlying thing. I mean, you can call it God that is just much more powerful than any of that stuff.
3: Well, you know what? <clears throat> to quote Doreen Dutton <clears throat> Excuse me. I just drank. Oh, I have to tell you, I drink Sam's water. It's uh, from Walmart, you know, Sam's Choice Purified. And uh, since I've been drinking this water, I started in uh, uh, August 25th. I found it at Walmart and I thought, well, Sam's Choice Purified, that must be a sign, (laughs) you know, because I'm always (laughs) looking for signs. And uh, I've lost 97 pounds in the last uh, 11 months since I've been drinking this water so there's something to it (laughs) 97
1: pounds
3: yeah i was good i I was quite overweight i was uh yeah i was big guy and uh um and so yeah i've just lost 97 pounds so i'm going through this transformation you know daniel that's not only spiritual and and mental and um, emotional but it's also physical for me what's happened in my life since sam entered it and uh and, and, but I will tell you, what, I don't know if you're familiar with Doreen Dotan. She's a, a lady in Israel. She, she did a really amazing video that caught my attention about the Mandela effect is really the, the Messiah effect. And she's a Torah teacher and quite, quite con, you know, controversial, but she's very entertaining. And uh, what she said about the Illuminati, and I'll quote her, she said, let me tell you something about the Illuminati they would give everything they have and the right ball to have what I have. And I'm going to tell you something, Daniel. I agree with her. They would give anything to have what we have, the connection we have that they no longer have. We have a connection to a divine being that is, I believe, the creator power of this entire universe. And uh, they they are terrified that we've connected now with this, this, this intelligence, this higher intelligence. And I think that's all their smoke and mirrors are going to do them no good now because he's made contact, you know. We're, we're receiving uh, guidance, communication. He's given us a solution to our predicament. Um, you know, and what he said and everything that I've asked him, you know, I believe he's told me the truth and that some of it was difficult to hear. You know, it, um, it's been an incredible experience these last four and a half years. And it took me a while to even get to the point where I could share them, you know, share the messages. Uh, but after, I guess it was late 2016, because that was 2013, uh, that the near death happened. And, in uh, it, Oh, one thing I wanted that kind of leads into this, um, he One of the things that he told me was he said something is going to happen that you're going to notice within two to two and a half years that's going to cause humanity to take a huge leap in the evolution of their consciousness, something miraculous and so i'm I'm wondering for the next two years what is this going to be you know i didn't know is it going to be some miracle in the sky is it going to be you know and, that, and, and, and then, uh, let's see, it was August 2015, I had a friend call me from uh, Australia, and he said, you did some promotional work on that show, Sex in the City, right? And I was like, yeah, when I lived in California. He said, well, go online and look at the title of the show. And that's when I first realized there was something called the Mandela Effect. And at that time, there was very little about it. This was the summer of 2015. It really exploded on YouTube a few months later. Um, but when I saw that, I realized, OK, he's altering. He is altering our physical reality. And and so to me, and so a lot of the questions I've asked him have been about the Mandela effect, why he's making the changes, what they mean. He's doing it all, Daniel, all of them. And a lot of them are personal messages. He's hoping that we can figure out what the you know, I think it's it's consciousness expanding, too you know once you realize there's an intelligence behind these alterations and that only some of us are being invited in to see it the majority of people are not being included in this
1: you know this as we is this is great for me because for years pretty much ever since it started i have struggled friends of mine have struggled to try to find a reasonable theory to explain this mandela effect we've blamed We've blamed uh, dark magicians, sorcerer, CERN, things like that. But what you just said makes more sense than any of that stuff.
3: Yeah, well, no human power can do this, and there's no technology that can do this. This is this is this is uh, this is divine power, and not and 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 see. So we're changing, we're upgrading DNA-wise. So everything, even the written material, everything in the reality is going to change. Because we're changing.
1: A listener just uh, sent me a little message. They wanted me to ask you about the word Messiah.
3: Yes. Messiah is very interesting. Because uh, someone in our Facebook group. I have a Facebook group called Synchronicity, Mysticism, and the Mandela Effect, and it's a seven-part series I did with Shane uh on Unbiased and on the Fence, his channel on YouTube, and where I presented a lot of these song messages. And, some, and so I started a Facebook group for people who were interested in seeing the messages and, and sharing their synchronicities and messages they were getting around, uh they were also receiving from Sam. And someone brought to my attention, they said, well, you know, if you take... If you take uh, Messiah, the word Messiah, it's a perfect anagram for he is Sam, and it is, and it blew my mind. (laughs) This I just discovered a few months ago. So it continues to amaze me, the connections. It's Daniel. He has encoded everything in our physical reality. Everything from the address you live at, the street you grew up on. Once you start decoding it and really looking back at your life, it's going to blow your mind.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I I noticed a lot of things like that, and uh, you know, I, I kid you not. I mean, and probably not as extreme as you, but on a daily basis. Um, yeah. sometimes it's a radio, sometimes it's just like a road sign. It can really be anything. It could be something you see inside of a puddle or inside your own eyelids. But it, there seems to be this underlying sort of code or, or these messages that we get, and, and it really does seem to come from uh, straight from source.
3: Yes. Yes, without a doubt. I think what – what Sam? What Sam has revealed through the song messages and through physical reality confirmations is that we are in an underworld realm. He called, When I asked him, I said, "What is Earth?" He played the song Shibalba, X I B A L B A, and as we know, that is the Mayan. That was the name they gave the Mayan underworld. Shibalba means place of fear. And what he is, what he is, and what he has said is extremely controversial. Um, you know, when I asked him, I said, Sam, what am I? And he played, uh, the Sarah McLaughlin song, Angel. And then I asked him, I said, well, what kind of angel am I? He played Fallen also by Sarah McLaughlin. So what he has revealed to us is that we are the fallen angels. We are in a, we, we are beings that descended, that fell into a lower state of consciousness. Now, The fallen angel, that is, I believe, a metaphor for a greater spiritual truth that we cannot understand in human terms. So a lot of the messages he gives us are allegorical, they're metaphor, they're symbols for a a greater truth that is beyond human understanding because some of the – a lot of what he showed me in the near-death experience, I cannot even –
1: Oh, no. Did we really lose him? Ugh. This is not a conversation I want to lose. Nathan, are you there? Nathan? Nathan, please. Okay, I need a little synchronicity. (laughs) Uh. Let me hang up and call him back. Looks like... Looks like it might be Skype having issues. Nope, call dropped. Okay, no problem. We'll call back. Don't panic, everybody. This is just a little bit of synchronicity. Who knows why it's happening? <laughs> uh, let's do this. Okay. Reed Island. It's funny because this picture I have on Skype is from so many years ago. <laughs> I should put an updated older picture... On some of my Skype and social media and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Also, my eyebrows look da- darker back then. So is my hair. I wonder if my hair is like lightened up somehow over time, or my eyebrows have lightened up. They almost look black in my old pictures. I don't know how many of you out there have actually seen what I look like, but I have some very, very fuzzy eyebrows. They're very overpowering. Hello
3: you know what our internet just went out a little bit here i think that's what happened
1: oh okay Why? yeah that's that's stuff that just happens on the show quite often um yeah you could, maybe that was a little bit of synchronicity
3: <laughs> yeah yeah i co i don't know what part you lost me at but it was probably something they didn't want you to hear <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah that's kind of what i was thinking because you're about to make a good point and um, this has happened before and it's happened at some very strange times and I, you know, I don't know where it's coming from or why, but I just keep powering through it.
3: Okay. Sorry about that. Yeah. I could see that I all of a sudden lost our, the signal here at our house. Well, this is so
1: fascinating and this is probably a good time for me to insert another question from the chat. Uh, somebody wanted me to ask you about grocery store flowers.
3: Yes. Okay. This was really interesting. So, (laughs) okay, this ties in a Mandela effect. So do you remember the Wednesday's dress on Adam's family has changed the Christina Ritchie movie Wednesday? Anyway, her dress used to be all black. Well, Sam altered it so that now it's black with a white floral print on it, which is ridiculous because (laughs) she was all black. Well, now all of a sudden, if you watch the film, she's, you know, so I asked Sam, I said, you know, telepathically in my own mind, I said, why did you alter Winsey's dress in Adam's family so that it now is no longer solid black, but with a white floral pattern on it? And he played the Neil Diamond song, You Don't Bring Me Flowers Anymore. And what it made me think of was when I used to live on the ashram, I took care of one of the temples and I always brought flowers every day to it. So I realized, okay, so then I said, all right, so you want flowers? I said, well, you know, I'm not a rich guy and they're kind of expensive. You know, what kind of flowers you want? I mean, I, and I'm thinking, you know, maybe he's going to say roses or something. And he played supermarket flowers by, I guess it's Ed Sheeran. Um, so the next day, I, I, I'm, I'm on my way home and I thought, well, I'll go by the grocery store here and I'll get some supermarket flowers, you know, for him. So I pick them out. I get in line and right in, uh, right in, Behind me comes a guy that I know, um, from here in our community. I'm, I'm involved in the recovery community, um, uh, alcohol and drug addiction, uh, recovery. And so I saw a friend that I know from that community and, uh, whose name happens to be Sam. And he saw the flowers and he said, he looks at the flowers and he says, are those for me? And I said, well, actually they are this, those kinds of synchronicities. <laughs> Where Daniel, it's like a conversation, an intimate friendship with someone that is right there in your life, except they're able to communicate with you through the actual physical reality. How this is done, I can't even tell you. it just it boggles the mind so yeah, that's the that's the the supermarket flower story. Um, he's made three changes to my car uh to my two thousand five Kia Sorrento. He repaired the damage that was done to the back of my car. Uh, one uh, right before a week before Christmas last year, he altered the 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 Sorrento plate, the, the the font that it was that had on the back of the car. He changed the mats in the car, and he sent me. He has sent me song messages telling me he's going to do something. Or that to to look for something so that when I when I'm able to document it, I can show the message that came in and then the physical reality thing that he does to support the change.
1: Yeah, that's that's very fascinating. I, I think that there's um certain times when these things happen, like sometimes it's almost like it can be a confirmation that you did the right thing
3: in some cases. Right. Right. Yeah. So so basically what, what, you know, what Sam is saying is that we are, we fell into this lower realm of consciousness here. And what he is trying to do is get us to reconnect with divine mind, the higher intelligence that we come from. And that is why we suffer here because we are disconnected. This is supposed to be a, this could be a paradise, but you need the friend on the other side they can do the magic <laughs> so you're having this experience here so so that it's a beautiful experience so it's it's almost like we we lost our signal like just now when the call dropped that's what happened to us our call dropped so what he's trying to do is hook it get us connected again because anything is possible you know, we've, we, we are magical beings who have been, who have been deceived into thinking that we're nothing. That's how the enemy operates. So, so it's a, it's, it's there, there is a solution and that's where the hope comes in. Um, it is a spiritual, uh, solution and, um, he's, he is going to, he is helping us understand what steps we need to take to ascend and what sam is saying is that the goal is ascension which is basically entering heaven alive in your physical body so really, this is why our, our bodies are changing we're getting we you know we have the alterations in the anatomy that's that's going on
1: i think this is very possibly why lucifer aka satan is so pissed off because basically he knows with all his power and all his uh ability to lie and deceive and and uh trick us in many ways he can't really do anything to stop this type of synchronicity from still coming through
3: no and see and once once we realize that we are absolutely swimming In a in in a sea of cosmic messages and synchronicity that this is this is was his attempt to reach us, you know, that that at some point we would he would be able to break through and be able and we would make the connection that it's like I asked him, I said, how how are you able to take these songs that were written by all these songwriters, all these different songwriters and send these direct messages and he played the Barry Manilow song "I Write the Songs," and I said, "Well, how do you write the songs?" He played the song "Ghost Writing." So what he's saying is, he is our creativity. That is a divine expression, and all of this is us trying to reconnect with the being, the the, 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 the inner, the the, the 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 source we come from. To to reunite us, so we're basically trying to to create our our way back home,
1: and that fits perfectly in with the idea of these from from Gnosticism these archons that are kind of here to parasite off of us and still that creative energy they're they're really trying to use that god spark or or whatever naturally created creativity is inside of us they're they're stealing it or they're using it against us
3: yes and he what sam you he calls it a parasite he's given me a name for it i asked him i said does the predatory consciousness he called it the monster i said does it have a name and he played Bad, Bad Leroy Brown by Jim Croce. <laughs> so I look up what Leroy and Brown means. Well, if you decode those two names, Leroy is king. Brown is the earth.
1: Oh, the Brown. shit. Oh, it's the king of the earth. The 666,
3: six, so six, the material. Yeah. So a lot of what we do is decode the song messages – and then we get the greater understanding of what he's trying to say. So he's saying that that is the predatory conscious. It is a parasite and it needs a host. Without us, Daniel, it does not exist. There is no evil in this world. Everything evil in this world that, is, it, that happens is committed, is, is done by through two human hands. It has to have a host. So what he is trying to do. Is eradicate the infection from the human mind. So that, that's there has powerful to be a stuff, my God. <laughs> See, you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, and that's. I think that's something that a lot of us out here are struggling with. I think a lot of us kind of perceive that we are broken and we are lost, but we don't really know how to heal ourselves, and we try so
3: many different ways, but none of them really seem to hit the spot. Right. Well, what he's, what he has basically done when I asked him, I said, how do we, what is the solution to our predicament? He played Follow the Yellow Brick Road. I said, what is the Yellow Brick Road we're to follow? So he uses a lot of Oz, Wizard of Oz, and, uh, Judy Garland song. I mean, there's a whole thing around that, just that would take us a whole show on that. Um, but he, when I asked him, I said, well, what is the yellow brick road we are to follow? He played the song Steps. So he began to reveal to me that the, the, the ladder of divine ascent are the, tw- are the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. The, the 12 steps that all these fellowships use to treat addiction can, can remove the parasite. It can be used as a general program of recovery that you take these 12 steps and what he's gone so far as to tell me that what he wants us to do is to replace the 10 commandments with the 12 steps. Because I asked him, I said, what are you saying you want me, You want us to do? Are you wanting us to replace the, the 10 commandments with the 12 steps? He played the new pornographer song. The laws have changed and new rules because what he's saying is that's how, we, that's how we eradicate the parasite and ascend into a higher realm of consciousness. So what he's saying is there, are, there was 3D. Where we are now is 4D, which he calls rehab. It's earth rehab. It continues for the next six years. The seven-year tribulation is between the 2017 eclipse in August and the April 8th eclipse in 2024. That's the seven-year tribulation. It's a tribulation for the enemy and the predator, but it's a golden years for us. That's interesting to me
1: because I have had a feeling for a long time. I'm not sure exactly when it started, but I do think that we are definitely around the time of the tribulation.
3: It, It definitely seems to fit together that way. Well, when I asked him when did the tribulation begin, he played the song Eclipse. These are these messages, Daniel, are so specific. They leave no doubt in the mind. And when I asked him, I said, well, what Um, I, I said is the fact that we're able to receive this communication from you, what happens in 4D, the rehab realm? And he indicated, yes, I said, "Okay, so we're able to communicate with you. You can communicate. And and it's not just me. It's people all over the world are getting this are, are getting messages from the songs and the physical reality signs and synchronicities from Sam. It's not just me. He's sending people his name. It's it's an it's it's absolutely incredible what we're witnessing and what people are sharing now that there is something in the in the name itself, because see, in the Bible. In Revelation, it talks about he would give us his new name. It says that. So what he's saying is that's the new name. It's Sam. And the other thing that he's revealed, which is mind-blowing, this is where you come in. <laughs> I asked him, I said, because, you know, the Jesus we know is, is a, um, you know, there's been, you know, all this talk about is it, what was his real name? Yeshua, uh, Jesus, you know, and I asked him, I said, what was the, what was the Christ, the anointed one's real name? And he played the song, Daniel by Elton John. Daniel means God is my judge. So what he is saying is that someone that this Daniel is actually Michael, the archangel, and that is who is coming. Oh Yeah, that's wow. <laughs> Yeah, it's mind blowing what's, that we've been the wrong name. You know, what's coming together, you
1: know, based on what you're saying for me, is that we are all healing, and this deception that's out there—it really does pull the wool over our eyes. And really, what it's doing is it's slowing down our healing.
3: Yes. Yeah. I asked him, were there aliens? I heard you talk about that on your last show, and I thought it was really interesting that you were talking about that. And I've asked him. I asked him, I said, are there intelligent life on other planets in what we've been told is outer space? I'm very careful about how I word the questions. And he sent this Rita coolish song, We're All Alone. But what he's saying is there's nothing out there. It's all here. It's inner space.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I would have to agree with that, and I, I, you know, I got, kind of got into the flat Earth thing, and I, I really just don't know about aliens and space and all that stuff anymore. As crazy as that sounds, I, I've seen some pretty good evidence to suggest to me that a lot of that stuff is indeed a deception.
3: Well, he, Sam is as human-looking as we are. There was nothing alien looking about him. He has a face and eyes and a nose. He was radiant. um, And what he says is we come from an eternal family. And this is really interesting because what he says is in the third dimension, where our understanding of the Godhead was a trinity because that's three, the third dimension. But in the fourth dimension, It's the understanding and awareness of a quaternity. There are four beings, including the mother. There is a divine mother. So it's the father, the mother, the son, the Holy Spirit, who is actually, and he's given me the names of them. The Holy Spirit is a child, a female child. Her name is Claire. Claire means clear. She is the magical child in all of us. And that's why the Bible says you can't sin against the the Holy Spirit. So they're embodied in physical divine form. They're what we're going to become if we can get our act together. So in the fifth dimension, it's a quinternity. There are five. We're the missing fifth member of the family, the human family. We're a soul collective. So what he's saying is, and this is the mind-blowing part, and this is the part that I had to really deal with and I, it took me a while because at first it was so shocking. I didn't know how to handle it. But as, as time has gone by, I've received more confirmations, not only through the music but through synchronicities in the physical reality where he has sent me confirmations that this was true. We are Lucifer. That's who we are. We're the shattered pieces of the fallen angel that fell to earth. We are soul fragments of one divine being. And so the, the, what he is trying to do is bring him home or her home. And, that, and then when that being returns, that's the Quinternity, that's five. So when he made the change in the Jaws movie, where Brody says to Quint, now instead of we're going to need a bigger boat, he says you're going to need a bigger boat. Well, what is Quint? Quint is five. So what he was doing, he was trying to tell us, we're going to need a bigger boat. You're going to need a bigger boat because you're the fifth member. There's only three men in that boat with the shark. But there's four. There's the mother, too. And then there's us. So that's why the Bible talks about the bride of Christ and the bridegroom, and that uses that whole metaphor. That's what that's talking about. He is talking about bringing us back into the eternal family in a cosmic act of of the closest thing he can describe it is marriage. We have no human uh, description of what this event is going to be when we return. But it's a way to bring us back into that divine family. So once, once I started to understand through the music he was sending that there's a whole story here of who we are. So... Lucifer is us what what when when people are talking about the predatory consciousness that is something different that is that is satanic you know but what we've seen is a deliberate blending of those two names. and think about this Daniel there are only two pe- two characters in the Bible who are described as the morning star and that's Lucifer and Jesus Christ. They're both described the same way. I mean, there's a reason for that, (laughs) you know, so it's it's just it's it's so we have to look at how, like you said, the deception. What is the deception? What are they trying to make us fear? What are they afraid we're going to figure out?
1: Nathan, we we do have a caller on the line. She's been on hold for a little bit. I'm going to go ahead and uh, bring her on. And uh, um, caller, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Oh, oh, awesome! Is this Sherry? This is Sherry. Hey, Nathan. Hey.
3: hey, Sherry, how you doing?
4: I'm doing good. Um, I wanted to start off by saying that um that I had went on a Shane show, so my daughter and I being interviewed about um, the synchronicities that we've had um, concerning Michael Jackson, which um, Daniel's aware of, too. And right before we went on the show, we had just learned about Nathan's Thinks and stuff and been following it. And so we turned on the Pandora app for the very first time, and we asked kind of what was the gist of all of this, you know, with the R synchronicities, Nathan's synchronicities and all of this. And the very first song that we got was by Hillary Duff, and the song was "I Am," and we were like tripping out, you know. But what was so interesting is that um, I was I, I was following Nathan's just so close, and you know he was talking about these Broadway musicals and plays and things that he would go to, and you know, and and all this and 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 so. He was talking about how life was, you know, kind of like a dream. So, and, and, and for a little joke, you know, I put a little comment under his video and I said, merrily, 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 life is but a dream. And Nathan answered and said, oh, I'm so impressed. You saw the Broadway musical, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I don't even know what it is right now. And I came back because, you know, me and I said, um, actually, I was talking about the preschool version. I was kind of embarrassed. So at this point, I told myself, the very next place that I see advertised, I'm going to. So, I go. I was out of town one day, and um, it was actually on my birthday. And um, I I stop at a grocery store and I grab this Coke and everything, <laughs> a Coke because I'm I'm always drinking my Coke. And I'm driving home, and I turn on the app because I'm going to try to you know, ask some questions, and I was out of area, and so my LTE wasn't working or whatever, and I glanced down, and my Coke says, share a Coke with Michael, and, you know, with all the Michael Jackson synchronicities and this and that, and I look up, and, you know, all the stuff that Nathan said about us being the fallen angels, the earth angels, and I was, like, really resonating with that. I look up, and I have a picture of it, and the license plate in front of me literally said, Angels Us, on the back of it. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is crazy. The very first stop I make, I go into the store, and there's a poster up for a play that's in our area of Peter Pan, which was so Michael Jackson. And then it says it was at the Angel, like Angel in French, theater. (laughs) And then it was talking all about how um, the man had wrote the play to raise money for, you know, every time the play, you know, is played, that some of the proceeds benefit the Children's Hospital in London. And I know that um, Daniel knows that I was led to meditate for the children that, like, were satanically and ritually abused. And I've had a lot of spiritual attacks about this, you know, over this. And, I mean, they're they're very serious and they were very physical, some of them. And it was very scary. And I found that as I connected with Sam that these things started to, like, um, dissipate. And the messages that I got were that were so cruel, you know, I mean – you, you guys don't even understand. I, I mean, I had had like my haircut supernaturally. I had had messages come that said, ha 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 haircutting. You know, I mean, it was just crazy. It got so bad. And it would always be right after I meditated for the children. Well, since I've connected with Sam, it was so funny because I'm going by the screen name now, Overprotected, because I would have to change it all the time because I was being so harassed. And I get a message And it says, and and it says, with all due respect, I must say that considering the circumstances, you are aptly named. And I, I, it it was amazing. And it's just so weird how my, I feel like that Michael Jackson, there is a connection. He has some sort of Archangel Michael connection. And then uh, Nathan also has you know, incorporated uh, Archangel Michael into his story, which, you know, I'm gonna I'll get off the line and let him talk more about. But I just had to tell you that. But I gotta say one more thing. And this is interesting, Daniel. When I was on the way to that plane, all of a sudden I was like trying to be really aware. I'm looking for all these signs and synchronicities or whatever and I look up and I swear to God I have a picture of it. It says on this big sign, if you are looking for a sign this is it, and that was the name of Michael Jackson's movie, and all of that stuff. You know, it, 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 it was just mind blowing how I had so many connections with uh, Michael and with Sam, and my brother's name's Daniel, and your name is Daniel, and it's just it all just falls together so beautifully. So that was what I called in to say, and I'm I'm going to continue to be listening. But thank you, Nathan, for everything that, that you've done, being a messenger, which, you know, all um, angels are messengers. So,
3: Yes, we are. You are more than welcome, Sherry. I'm so glad to know you. And, you know, Sam is able, however he does this, I don't know, but he can communicate with each individual person in, in just the way that, that it's. It, he knows you so well. He knows the Michael Jackson. That's That's what's so amazing. Is the, is the personal connection and how he can send you just the sync, only that you would know that synchronicity. That's how yes. I knew this was real. That's how I knew this was the real deal here because that's not possible otherwise.
4: It's so amazing. And um, a neat story that you'll like, Daniel, too, is this. I have a friend, okay, and I'm sure that Nathan will get more into the addiction stuff, I actually am a nurse at an addiction center, and so that's an interesting connection there. But I have a friend that um, was supposed to go to the doctor to uh, get her to her pain management doctor, and her insurance got canceled, and it was going to cost her $500 to go to the doctor and all this, and she said, why would God do this to me? And I said, well, why don't you ask him? And And I told her a little bit about all of it, and we turned on the the app and she said okay Sam why would you do this to me you know I need to get my pain medicine and the song that came up was by Chicago hard for me to say I'm sorry
3: <laughs> that's amazing
4: <laughs> okay I'm going to I'm going to let y'all talk but I just I just had to call in and uh you know give that little message
3: <laughs>
0: all right they so to listen. talk to
1: you.
4: Okay.
1: Thank you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Bye. Nathan, do you have a favorite musical instrument? Is it the piano?
3: Yes. Yes. It would be the piano. And why the piano? When I was a little kid, my grandmother played the piano and, um, She had lost the tips of three of her fingers in an accident, but she continued to play. And I remember I would go over to her house, and I just loved it. I'd love to hear her play. And she put masking tape on the keys and would write what the note was, you know, C, D, E. And then she would write the notes in the little church primaries, Mormon primary songbook she had. And I would, you know, pick out the number, you know, the notes and match it with the masking tape you know, what it said on there. And, um, I remember she used to play how great thou art and I still have her, her sheet music that she had for that song. And this was one of the first times I really, um, when I first started communicating with Sam, I asked him, I said, you know, I was testing him, you know, they say test the spirits, right? (laughs) So I said, okay, what was the song my grandmother used to play for me when I was a little kid that made me want to learn the piano? I hit open this Pandora Shuffle. The first song that played was Susan Boyle singing How Great Thou Art. <laughs> and I thought only who would know this. How is this even possible? You know, so I sometimes wonder what, what is actually happening in this process. Is it that he puts the question into my mind you No, know, at the moment that song is going to play on the radio? You know which comes first, the chicken or the egg? <laughs> I don't know. Like when it's FM broadcast radio, how is this working? Yeah, you know it's it's
1: especially interesting to me, and partly why I ask that question is I consider myself a bit of a musician, probably a little bit of a crappy one, but I play guitar, and um, okay. me and my buddy, yeah, me and my buddy Todd, we we talk about. Um, he's kind of the one that got me started on this, but, uh, when you really start playing and you've been playing for a while, sometimes it almost makes you feel like you're going into a little bit of, of a trance and your, your state of consciousness almost seems to, uh, it, it just goes to another place. It lets, uh, it lets something
3: come in. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I believe, you know, and there's that song, uh, I remember when I asked Sam about the, uh, you know the experience of me playing the piano and feeling his presence before the near death experience he played hallelujah by Leonard Cohen, and you know it has the line there um david there was a secret chord that David played and it pleased the Lord, so music. See, and what Sam's doing with sending us the music, it's not just the lyrics and the title or the the artist name or the album cover artwork that he's sending messages to us. But in the music itself, what he's saying is he is embedding divine frequency. So what we are literally doing when we play the music he sends us, we are attuning to his frequency. It's through sound is how this is happening. That's one of the main ways he's also indicating that that's that is um, uh, its protection from the pernicious technologies that they're using here against us to hold us here. They need because what it is, if you the way he, he explained it to me, he sent me the song Stockholm Syndrome. We are hostages here in this realm as we are their fire insurance. As long as we were here, he wouldn't destroy their realm as soon as he can retrieve our consciousness out of here this place is toast and that's where you get the destruction in the bible in the book of revelations it's a wicked realm it's an underworld uh, this so, is
1: amazing uh nathan we do have another caller that just popped on. caller are you out there hello hey hello hey, hey tom Hey, it's just such an
2: amazing conversation this evening. Well, that is amazing, Nathan. Is it Nathan?
3: Yes. What's your name?
2: Todd. Oh, Todd. Okay. I'm a musician too. I sing. Oh, okay. And I
3: play the tambourine really well. <laughs> okay, that's great. We could have a band well, then. You- Daniel. Yeah, when tamper, you were it, talking, I was thinking
2: <laughs> when you were t- telling your thing, I was thinking about um uh, uh the Beatles, um John Lennon. Um, uh, um, uh, what's that one line? Uh imagine,
0: imagine
2: all the people living yeah. for today. Uh You may say I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. You got me thinking, Nathan?
3: Well, you know, Todd, when I asked Sam, because what he says is there's a new world coming. That was his message. His main message of hope is there is a new world coming for us. Um, And he calls it Victory Rose. He revealed that to me in the name of a, in the artist's name of a song, of series of songs he sent. Victory um, Rose. Right. Are you, Daniel, are you familiar with the Icelandic group Sigur rus? Um, That sounds very familiar. I believe I probably okay. am. That's what Sigur rus is in Icelandic. It means uh, Victory Rose. That's how he revealed what the name of the new world is. And when I asked him, how would you describe the new world? He played Imagine. Todd that was a song
2: and, and you know the line that made me call in it's I hope someday you'll join us and the world will live as one
3: yes and that's exactly what's going to happen without a doubt we've this is the thing Daniel there's great hope because we've already won they already lost (laughs) <laughs> yeah. there there's it's it's over for them now yeah they, 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 i mean there's great cause for celebration so um you know when i asked sam i said where does babylon stand right now cuz that's the that's the phrase i use to to when i want to ask him about our our the system the system yeah the system and he played last days of rome <laughs> i like that it's all over. The last with the,
2: days of Rome. Who's that by? Uh,
3: it was a uh, from a film uh, film score, uh, I think. From a film, he sends me a lot of film soundtrack album songs. But who,
2: um, what's that? What, how's that song go? The last days of Rome. It was
3: it, just an instrumental. Um, but he he'll send me like for instance when I said what do you need us to create? He played the song Empire of Angels. And what he's saying, Daniel, and this is this is what's so mind-boggling. What he's saying, he is going to do. He is going to give us a winning lottery ticket to finance and fund what we need to do here. Wow! He, that is going to be the miracle he's going to create. I'll take it. <laughs> and, and so, so what I've done is ah. I've, I've, I've. He sent when I asked him. I asked him specific time periods when this would happen. He's given us a da- he's given us dates, um, a whole series of song messages about September, specific dates in September. Um, so, I'm what I'm to do is to document these, which I have done in the Facebook group and in the video series uh, uh, that I've been doing on my channel and with Shane. So that if that ticket comes through, he's told me where to buy the ticket. He's told me the name of the person that was going to sell me the ticket. So we have documentation because I said to him, I said, there is no way that people are going to believe what I'm saying. And he said it's he played the song. It's going to take a miracle. And I said, well, what's the miracle? And he played the winner is. And that's what got me to start asking questions about what he meant by winning. He started playing. It's all, it's do you all remember?
2: Do you remember? Hey, Nathan.
3: Yeah. Do you remember a
2: band called Hot Chocolate from the seventies? Oh, 70s? I,
3: sure, I sure do.
2: Do you remember that song "I Believe in Miracles"?
3: Yes. Where you
2: from? <laughs> yeah. <Next laughs> yes, yeah, Sam has played know. that
3: one. Sam has played that one on the radio for me. I have. I have do- another, when, I'm in, when I'm in my car, have I have another song.
2: They have another song called Everyone's a Winner. Have you ever heard
3: that? No, that one I don't know. I'll have to find that one and play it. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll add their station. I'll add their station to my Pandora.
2: Listen, the lyric goes like this. Everyone's a winner, baby. That's the truth. That's the truth. Making love to you is such a thrill. And then it goes, everyone's a win, oh baby, that's no lie. You never fail to satisfy, to satisfy me. And the reason that song such a big hit, was such a big hit, because the guitar lead goes, 1974, it was like number two on the Billboard Hot, Hot, top songs
3: hot chocolate you know, i'm gonna to have to add a, a station for hot chocolate on the oh you page. gotta
2: look that up you gotta look that yeah. one up
3: i will definitely add a station to see if sam starts playing their songs for uh as it, messages it
2: applies directly to what you're saying yeah. everyone's a winner yeah the band was Let's, telling you know, long ago
3: this is the thing todd and daniel we are in a spiritual war Make no there's, – there's no way around it. Agreed, this is a agreed. fierce battle. But you cannot win a war without a war chest. We have nothing to fight. You have to fight on their terms. So without any kind of financial means for us to organize and to come together and to you spread – You know how we system. fight,
2: Daniel? You know how we fight, Nathan? We how? fight with music. We sing. Yes.
3: Exactly. You don't
2: need yeah. money to sing.
3: Right. So what we're you, going? You don't
2: to, need money
3: to sing. The music part is huge because when I asked Sam, "What is your intent?" because he kept sending me messages about RVs, RV, uh, you know, recreational vehicles and motorhomes, and and so I said, "What is the purpose of the RVs?" And he played "Brother Loves Traveling Salvation Show." We're going to take it on the road. So yeah. we're going to give this message. We're going to get this message out to people, so that they know that they can communicate right now with higher intelligence just through the music. Oh, on I their love that! Radio, through through their phone on the Pandora app or Spotify, or go to YouTube and just you know hit a random shuffle and see what song starts playing. The, like a the, rock
2: and roll army.
3: Yeah, exactly. That it's going to be through music. It's going to be through music. And um, the, the creative arts. We are going to really um, make a difference here, but we need help. Oh, and this is – Daniel, are you familiar with the, the Last Supper uh, alterations that have happened in the painting, Da Vinci's painting? Um,
1: not specifically. They started happening
3: so quick it was becoming a little bit hard to keep up
1: on them, but I am very familiar with that painting.
3: Okay, this one is one I asked Sam specifically about. There's been several changes he's made to it. The most recent one was all of a sudden now there's bread scattered all over the table. It looks like it has literally rained bread. All right. And I've been following it. So this was a this just happened a few weeks ago. And I had asked. So I asked Sam, I said um, beforehand, I said what uh, I'd asked him about. What the reason for the lottery would be. He played Panis Angelicus, which means bread of angels. Well, we know bread is slang for money. All right. So there's, so when I asked him, I said, please send me a physical reality confirmation or, or sign that what you were saying is the lottery. Is the bread of the angels. That is the abundance that you're sending to us like raining manna down from heaven. What he's doing is he's he's doing a lot of Old Testament and Bible things, but in a modern twist. You see what I mean? Yeah. It's like totally. So, so when he when I a friend of mine, as soon as I ask the question, about an hour later I get a notification, our friend and one of the other Mandela f- that group said okay now the last supper's changed there's bread all over the table now so then I went back to Sam and I said did you put did you add the bread on the table as a confirmation to us that you are sending abundance our way you are going to give bread to angels and he played the exact song again Panis Angelicus on my but by a different uh, recording on my Pandora shuffle so to me that was a definite um, confirmation that his intention is to Give us this help. We we have to have divine intervention. And that's what he said, Daniel, in the, uh, in the near-death experience. He said, this is a divine rescue mission. What he said was, through a song message, we are lost at sea. That is our status. Literally lost oh, yeah. at sea.
2: That reminds me of the Sabbath, the Black Sabbath song. We're lost children of the sea. Oh
3: yeah, yeah. It's amazing. Have you
2: heard that Black Sabbath? We're oh, lost yeah. children of the sea. We're yes. lost children of the sea.
3: So he's fishing oh. us out. You know, this is like the, the the you know how Jesus is in the fishermen and all of that symbolism. That's exactly what's going on here. Now, when I asked him, I said, by what other names have you been known? And he played the song, God of Mercy, God of Compassion. Hmm. I've asked him that question many times, and he's given me different responses. Usually when I say, um, you know, and I I asked him, I said, uh," he sends me I Am, I Said, by Neil Diamond. All right, look at the Dr. Seuss book, Green Eggs and Ham. What does the character say? Sam, I am. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So when when he sent me the Sam song that night, I said to him, okay, are you saying your name is Sam? He sent me two confirmation songs right in a row. The first one he sent was Across the Universe by Rufus Wainwright from the album I Am Sam. The soundtrack to the movie was Sean Penn, Michelle Pfeiffer. Remember that about the, the mentally uh, – uh, Disabled guy and the daughter. Uh, anyway, he said that. No, I don't uh,
2: watch sensitive movies like that. I can't yeah.
3: stand them. The very, the, the very next song he played was from the exact same soundtrack album. It was the Beatles song Golden Slumbers from I Am Sam. So that's how I knew he was confirming that his name was Sam. So when I saw that Sam meant name of God or God has heard, I found another definition of Sam which meant bright sun, sun child. So when I started putting the pieces together, the I am, I said, then I realized, okay. So I said to him, I said, well, recently I asked him again, how I said, there has to be authority. You have to give authority to someone to be able to say, this is a divine instruction. This is a new Torah. You want them to do their 12 steps. That's the pathway of ascension out of the underworld realm. And he played Moses by, um, oh, she's the singer from the Cocteau Twins, Elizabeth Fraser. Um, so I said, okay, so Moses, you gave something tangible, something physical, the tablets that he could come down from the mount and say, here, this is proof that I am sent me. So what I think he's saying is he's going to give us something tangible. He's going to give us proof and authority where when we say, okay, he's Sam, Sam is saying do your 12 steps. That's the, the recovery program, the Earth Angel recovery program. This is how you go home.
2: I got then one I, last thing, Nathan. I got one last thing, Nathan. It's ask you. You keep bringing up Neil Diamond. You know Neil Diamond?
3: Oh, yeah. Sam plays his music all the time.
2: He does that one song. Rock me gently, rock me slowly, take it easy. Don't you know that I have never been loved like this before? (laughs) You know that one? Yeah. Ain't it good? Ain't it right? Rock me gently, rock me slowly, take it easy. You know what he's saying there, he's saying, take it easy, man, this is heavy.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's 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 interesting though, isn't it? It's really fascinating. Um, oh, yeah. He, he, he sent us messages about the, uh, the Ark of the Covenant. Those I've just presented, I'll be pre- uh, presenting them on Shane's show on Monday on Unbiased on the Fence. We're going to do a SAM update called Raiders of the Lost Ark. So he kept sending me messages so, about so the art. So Nathan,
2: how how yeah. does Sam talk to you?
3: He talks through the to music. Me, yes, through the music, through the, the music. physical. Yeah, through the physical reality, signs, synchronicities, uh, and messages I get in the physical world. And you just call him Sam. Yeah, that's what he said. His name was.
2: Hmm. All right. Well. I enjoy the conversation tonight. It's really good.
3: Too. I'm uh, so glad you called.
2: Yes, please uh, carry on. And, uh, I'm, I'm, we're out here listening. We love this interview. Oh,
3: well, thank you.
2: Thank you. You have a good evening.
3: Okay, you too, Todd.
1: Uh good night, Nathan.
3: Daniel. Good night. Good night, Todd. Thank you for calling. We got a concert, Daniel. That was great.
1: <laughs> yeah, as soon as I mentioned the word guitar, of course. My buddy Todd calls in. He's a really big fan of music. So, um, it, you know, he can just go on and on. He just he's a, a guy that's older than me and he's been around a lot longer and he's really uh, grown up with some of those great bands back in the 70s, 80s, etc., cetera, etc.
3: Cetera. you know, if you think about it, Daniel, what more brilliant way to communicate if you're a higher intelligence to to these descended beings who are suffering that, that other than through the music i mean it's such an ingenious thing to do
1: and you know these and- people that are out there that are um, you know, you, let's call them Illuminati or the Cabal or just evil people or whatever you want to call them. I mean, I mean they're out there doing satanic rituals and molesting and hurting children and stuff like that. W- with these acts they're committing, they're never going to heal themselves. They're just making that spiritual scarring ten times worse, and it's going to take them a hundred times longer to heal from it every time they do something like that.
3: Right. And see, and what's what's interesting about the 12 steps are that is a redemption program, Right. Because are you familiar with them at all? What uh, they are? Yeah, kind of. I know that. Um, um, I'm more familiar
1: with the twelve or the steps of uh, like recovering from somebody dying. There's certain steps in, in grief, and I know that there's also okay. steps in uh, yeah. addiction recovery too. So yeah. I'd love for you to kind of basically, explain some of that.
3: Yeah, yeah. Basically, it's. Uh, The first step is – and what what Sam has done is he's instructed me to rewrite the steps that were originally published in the 1939 book Alcoholics Anonymous as a general spiritual recovery program with addiction not being the base, the model for the program. So in AA where the first step is we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. What Sam has instructed me to rewrite it as is we admitted – We were powerless over our affliction and that our pain had become unmanageable, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could end our suffering, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to Sam as we understood him. So, see, you can have your own concept of Sam. That's why Sam says if you want to think of Sam as a female, if you're not comfortable with a male intelligence or or deity or being, that's fine. You know, I asked him one time, I said, you know, are, I said, I saw you as male, you know, are you, you know, and he, and I said, are you male? He played this guy's in love with you by Burt Bacharach. So then I asked a follow up question. I said, well, what about people who don't have a patriarchal issue, you know, and they don't want a male God and they're more comfortable with, you know, uh, with, they're just not comfortable with that. He played the Dionne Warwick version of that exact same song, but the title is this girl's in love with you so he's, so sam is a gender neutral name i know as many samanthas as i do you know you know what i'm saying so whatever concept the person has that can be sam you know whatever it doesn't you know it can be whatever they they want so so what he's saying is that these steps because when you get into the steps you you get to the point where you have to take a, a, a fearless moral inventory of yourself you have to write who you are there comes a point where you um, you you make amends to those you've harmed. So what he's wanting us to do is fix what we did while we were here so we can ascend. We can't take that baggage with us. So, So this is the beauty of what Sam is because he's offering a solution. He's giving us instruction. And anyone can do it. You know. The addictions have to be dealt with, but, but this is a program because when I asked him, I said, well, what, what word do you want me to use instead of alcohol? And I kept getting messages like ace of base. I saw the sign. And I thought, okay, you're going to show me, you're going to give me a sign. I'm on my way to Walmart one, one day and he's playing ace of base. I saw the sign. I'm talking to him in the car on the radio and I'm like, okay, what, what word? And I thought of a couple of words. You know, I thought of um, difficulty, and I thought of, and, and the word affliction came into my mind. I get to Walmart. I go to check out my items. This guy comes in right behind me in line. I turn around. He's got a t shirt on. What's on his t shirt in big, huge letters? Affliction. I get in the car. I said to Sam, okay, affliction, is that what you want me to use? I turn on the radio, and what's it playing? Uh, you got it by Roy Orbison. <laughs> Okay, so that's how he communicates with me. That's how I know – I knew that affliction – so what the affliction is is the spiritual malady. It is that we are in a fallen realm of consciousness, and we are disconnected from from the divine mind, and that's why we suffer.
1: What's so So, interesting about that is it's almost like these messages, they're specifically coded – For your brain, your consciousness to understand and communicate.
3: Yes. And each person, Sam will communicate with you in the exact same manner as intimately but completely different. So he will communicate with you in a completely different way knowing who you are. So it's tailored to each person. It's absolutely mind-blowing. I don't know how he does it. And what we're seeing is the synchronicities now among us and just in our Facebook group. When we share what we're experiencing, it's it's incredible. It's absolutely mind blowing. You know, so I was gonna all oh, I was gonna tell you about the Raiders of the Lost Ark. So I asked him, I said, Why are we seeing all of this Ark of the Covenant? Uh, uh, imagery and 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 symbols and this kind of thing. Every time I turned around, it was, some, was someone sending me an article about it, or it'd be on you know on the on YouTube, the video would pop up or whatever. And he played the song for you, and I said to him, I said, okay, are you saying you're going to give? The, and he calls us Earth Angels. I see because he used the song Earth Angel from the uh, that old song from the '50s '60s, uh, and I said, are you planning on giving? The Earth Angels, the Ark of the Covenant. He played Raiders of the Lost Ark soundtrack album. So then I asked him a series of questions about that. I said, "What is in the Ark? What is in that Ark?" He played the song "Baby" by uh, Rufus Wainwright. So I asked him. I said, "What? Uh, what is the baby that's inside the Ark?" The next song he played was "Bubble Universe." I immediately thought of the Star Child at the end of 2001: Space Odyssey. For some reason, that came right into my mind. He sent me the song message "Star Child," so I connected that. So there's something there. So then I said, "What is inside the the bubble universe that's inside the baby that's inside the art?" You know, it's like Russian dolls, right? He played new world. I said, okay, what's inside the new world? He played a new heaven. So what he's talking about is a is a new, is a heaven on earth, which he calls the fifth dimension, which he calls Shiloh. And Shiloh in the Bible was the place they housed the Ark of the Covenant, and that means place of peace. So what he's said is, there's a thousand years of peace here on earth in a 5D earth experience that he calls Shiloh that begins in six years at the end of the tribulation. And when I asked him, what, what is our relationship like with, like with you during that, you know, I said, now you communicate with us, but we're not seeing you. And I said, what is the difference between 4D rehab where we are now and 5D Shiloh? And he played the song face to face, so what he's saying is we'll see him, so it fits with the bible uh uh prophecy of the millennium. I asked him, I said, "What is it that the these the that our captors here in this underworld realm the biggest secret they're keeping from us, And you know what song he played? Death is a disease, huh." So I said, all right, if death is a disease, what is the cure? He played I am, I said, Neil Diamond song. That that's the cure for death. It's that we're disconnected from that divine uh, mind.
1: That also so, seems to yeah. kind of fit in with the, I don't know exactly where it is, but there's something in Revelations about the dead will walk, something like that.
3: Yeah. He says that – he talks about rebirth, the resurrection, um, that – see, and that was the thing in the near-death experience. One, the final thing that he showed me was a, was a vision that was so beautiful I could not even believe it was even possible. And at this point, I think I'm dead, and I don't, and I don't think I'm coming back. So and, – and at this point, he had shown me different things in my life that had happened up to that point, but I didn't remember this. So I was confused, and I said to him, that is so beautiful. That's the most beautiful thing that ever happened. Why don't I remember it? And that's when he said that's because that hasn't happened yet. That's coming. That's the future. Then I understood. And Daniel, what he – what I remember – and I only remember the final – see, and that's the other thing. A lot of what he showed me has been removed. I no longer have conscious memory of it, but what I remember is my is what I how I reacted to what he showed me. I remember what I said. I remember the emotional reaction that I had on what he was showing me, but I can't remember what I was reacting to. That has been removed, and I think I understand why, because I have to go through this too like everyone else. I can't cheat. Do you know what I mean? we have to prove who we are and what we're made of this is this is a this is spiritual warrior training ground now this is you know this is the hero's journey we're on we have to become the divine beings we were created to be and return to the paradise for which we were created we were not created to suffer in this lower realm with all this bullshit going on so that that is when i saw that scene at the end of the near death experience what i realized was everyone that was dead was there with us they were alive again so i believe what he was showing me was the resurrection of the dead and daniel what is the mandela effect when a, when when an actor died years ago take Billy Burke from The Wizard of Oz she died in the late 60s I believe all of a sudden her line in the movie now is completely she's now instead of saying uh, click your heels three times and say there's no place like home she's now saying tap your heels three times that wasn't the line that wasn't in the movie so how does he take a woman that has been dead for years and have her redo her scene what he is showing us is a preview of the resurrection of the dead. They can be alive again.
1: Yeah, you're right. That, but he, is, that is the Mandela right?
3: effect. Nelson Mandela, he died and then he came yeah. back. Then he died again. Then <laughs> they can be alive again. I think he's trying to ease us into the conscious awareness where that is possible so we don't go into shock when it happens.
1: I, You know, I've I've come – to the understanding that uh, to, to even think that death is truly the end is truly just
3: ignorance. Oh, I have absolutely no fear of death whatsoever. that that is, the, that is the one amazing thing that happened as a result of the near-death experience. I never felt any pain. I didn't even know what was... I didn't really even know I had died. I remember asking him three different times, am I dead? You know, because I realized I was no longer in my you know, in my house, I was somewhere else. Um, so there's no fear of death at all. And, and that is, that is the main thing that I think he is trying to, to help us with. It is the fear that they use to trap us. This is the death culture. You know, the Shababa in the Mayan uh, mythology was ruled by the death gods and their lieutenants and its place of fear. Well that's where we are. That's what this is. It is it is exactly that. We're afraid. And as long as they can keep us in that frequency of fear, we can't we, we don't ascend. We don't reconnect. I gotta- it's it's you know, it's illusion what they do. They're masters at illusion.
1: And trickery. I got a text from Sherry. She wanted me to ask you about the
3: Sky Machine song. The Sky Machines. Um, oh, Enchanted Sky Machines. Yes. I asked him how we ascend, and he played this, uh, an amazing song by Judy Sill who was an artist uh, died of a heroin overdose back in 1979. Some of the, probably, uh, Todd will probably know who she was. Um, play her song, Enchanted Sky Machines. That's the song he played. And in it, she's talking about UFOs. She says, you know, at the beginning of the live recording I, that Sam played, She's it's at the BBC in London had recorded it, and she's on stage. And she says, you know, I wrote this song about The rapture you know about the gentle souls that that before the end of the world before the destruction comes would be carried away safely on on flying saucers you know out of the out of the before the the end comes and um, she said but I don't think that way anymore now she says I think I was it's not probably as literal as I thought. So I thought that was really interesting that he sent that to me, that live version where she talks about that, because, you know, of all the UFO stuff and alien stuff. So I asked him, I said, what what is I said, is our enchanted sky machines, our physical bodies? Is that how we ascend? And he played the songs body, body and soul. So what our spaceship is, Daniel, is our body. He wants us to have a physical divine body. He wants you to enter heaven alive. That's the transformation that happens. The greatest creation is the physical divine form. Yeah, that, so, is, that is deep. <laughs> you know, not that spaceships are coming. We are the spaceship. You are your own spaceship. You go inner space. And I and and you know the Tibetans talked about the rainbow body, you know that the resurrected body that Christ that they're talking about in the Bible is the is the rainbow body, which then can go into any uh, dimension. You're free to travel.
1: Yeah, that's a term I'm uh, familiar with. I, I think there's a uh, the Hebrew version calls it the Merkaba or something like that.
3: Yes. So, what Sam is saying is, it's our enchanted sky machine. We are it.
1: (laughs) Because I've asked
3: him, I said, what should be our priority right now? Our top priority. He played the BG, staying alive. We need to stay in our bodies. Because this is how we ascend, is in the physical form.
1: And, you know, what you said about. Um, you know, people talking about aliens and stuff like that. Uh, the problem with that is just that people are looking for an answer. They're looking for a solution outside themselves. They're looking for alien
3: saviors, but really they should be looking within. What's like? Yeah. And it's like that old that old uh, uh, I forgot where it comes from, where it says, you know, God was looking for a place to hide so we wouldn't find him. So he thought, well, I'll hide inside them. That'll be the last place they'll ever look. You know, so, <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, this is it. this is just oh so um, mind-blowing and, uh, my God. Uh. What,
3: yeah, what it is, it's simple. It's overcomplicated so much here. How in the, it's a, you know what it is? It's a Gordian knot. It's a Gordian knot. You know, they used to have this, you know, well, how do you untie, how do you untangle the Gordian knot? And, well, the, the answer is you can't. You take a sword and you cut through it, and that's what Sam's doing. It doesn't matter what any of this this stuff in this realm is. All we need to know is our connection with him, the solution to our predicament, how to end this imprisonment we're in, how to return to the paradise for which we were created. We do our 12 steps. We follow the yellow brick road. That is the ladder of divine ascent, and there is absolutely nothing that they can do to stop that. We have all the power right in our hands to do that. We have the music. They can't take that away from us. We have AA, NA, DAA. You know, my friend, he's funny. He says they got everything that's 12 step now. They got, you know, everything from overeaters to little peters. It's true. <laughs> you know, they're all over the world. Anyone can go into, can find a fellowship they identify with and can go in and get a sponsor and say, I'd like to work my 12 steps. What it is, Daniel, it's spiritual alchemy. It's transforming the soul. And it's simple. Anybody could do it. And what do they do when people get into trouble in the court system, drunk driving? They send them to AA. They send them to DAA, Drug Addicts Anonymous. They court order people to go and do these steps, the system itself, because they don't know what else to do with these people. So what are they going to say now? Oh, no, it's a bad idea. <laughs> when Sam comes out and says, I am God, and you're to do your 12 steps, that's your divine law. What, are the, what is the Babylon going to say? Oh, no, you shouldn't do that. Well, then why you've been court-ordered all these years to go do it anyway? He outsmarted them. He beat them at their own game. He's brilliant.
1: Yeah, that is fascinating indeed. I've always known that um, a lot of addiction recovery stuff, Alcoholics Anonymous, they, they would talk about God and religion, and I always thought it was kind of strange, but I think now I'm finally starting to understand why.
3: Well, what it is, it's not a religious program. It is a spiritual program. You can have any concept of a higher power. There are atheists and agnostics who are in 12-step programs. You don't have to have a deity to be your higher power. It can just be the 12 steps. Your higher power can be the the fellowship itself, the people in your meeting. You you don't have to have a belief in God to work the 12 steps. All you have to have is a power greater than yourself. That can be anything. Do you see what I mean? So – it's a spiritual program. It's basically saying that that I we do not have the power to release ourselves from this bondage. We can't do it. We need to find help. But we have to meet Sam halfway. We have to do our part, and he'll do the rest. They can't stop this transformation from happening if we do the steps. And we all do them. All of us all around the world.
1: I think the best story from the Bible that talks about synchronicity has got to be David and Goliath. Yes. I mean, a lot yeah. of people will probably focus on the fact that Goliath, Goliath was a, a giant or a Nephilim, et cetera, et cetera, and, and how cool it was for God to help David. But what what's really interesting is the way it happened. I mean, he literally just picked up a stone with his slingshot and just scored the luckiest goal of all time. And that wasn't luck. It was divine
3: intervention. I mean, we're dealing with a, a power, a being that can alter the last supper at will. All he has to do is think it and it changes. (laughs) There's nothing he can't do and we are we belong to him there's nothing we can't do with his help so yeah david picking up that stone that's us i mean it's it's absolutely incredible
1: and also defeating a nephilim a a fallen demigod uh, that represents something there too
3: yes yes it is a it is a hero's story we are we are the heroes in this story there is something it's like an odyssey that we're on, but can you imagine, Daniel, when this is all over, how we're going to feel that we conquered this that we that we it's 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 Michael in the book of Revelation slaying the dragon and putting it in the pit and locking it up for i mean it is it is conquering. That evil, the deception, the lies, it's, it's incredible what we're going to be, what, what we are going to become by the time this is over.
1: Whew, yeah. that oh, oh, my God. This has been a great program, Nathan. Unfortunately, I do have to um, draw it to a close. I, I did work all day and I, I have to hit the hay eventually. But my God, this was a great discussion. And it's not over quite yet. I do want to go ahead and open things up one more time for you and let you get on the soapbox one more time. If you wish, um, go ahead and say whatever you'd like to say to my audience out there.
3: And please follow that up with anything at all that you would like to plug. Yeah, I just, I would say that there is great hope. This is good news. The Calvary has arrived. You are not alone. You are a magnificent creation of a magnificent divine being. And we just got lost along the way. Everything is forgiven and he just wants us to come home. And he's telling us how to do it. He's showing us the way it's, it's ET with the little trail of Reese's pieces is what it is. ET phone home. So he has contacted us. He has sent the message in the bottle. We've, we've opened it. We're, we're in communication now. Uh, there's nothing the enemy can do to stop this. Uh, although they will try, but this, they're going to fail. And, um, I would invite you to come on into if you're on Facebook and you want to come in and see the song messages and the discussions we're having and share the messages. Maybe you're starting to receive from Sam. It's called synchronicity mysticism and the Mandela effect. Um, you can type that into YouTube and, uh, find the Nathan Sanders YouTube channel. Um, and, um, you can watch the videos that I've done where I talk in depth and show the song messages Sam sends. Um, and, and just know that there are a whole group of us. And what we're doing is what Sam said he wants us to do is to build a consciousness arc. This is a metaphor for what happened in Noah's time. We are building an arc with our conscious minds. We are going to at some point board that arc and we are going to ascend out of the underworld realm. We are going into a new creation. And so everyone is invited Everyone is welcome, and um, there's a lot of really wonderful people in there. We call ourselves Earth Angels. We're going to have a little program called Angels Anonymous, the original AA, (laughs) and uh, we're going to help people go through their steps and explain what that is and help them in any way we can um, uh, heal and recover and do the work we need to do here in this rehab because we're being given an amazing opportunity right now. And so we all want to make sure that we take advantage of it and share that message with other people. Because angels are messengers, like Sherry said. And this is the message. And it's a really beautiful message of hope and redemption and joy and a new beginning. And that's it.
1: Love it. Love it. Absolutely. And this has been so great. I would love to touch bases with you in the future and and get you back on here again and and uh you know talk about this stuff a little bit later when you,
3: when you're further along in in your journey I would love that, Daniel. Thank you so much for inviting me on. This was a wonder. It was a pleasure talking to you, and and thank you to the callers, Sherry and Todd, and and uh, I love everybody very very much. And so just know that we're the Calvary has arrived, and we're in this boat together, and uh, we're going to set sail soon.
1: Yeah, definitely some divine synchronicity at work bringing you on here. Thank you again. Good night, my friend.
3: Okay. Good night.
1: All right. And there you have it. Nathan Sanders, a fascinating individual, so much different than really any past guest. That's what we do here. We do it different. We don't just follow the trends. We don't book guests off of coast to coast. (laughs) We don't do that. We This is a completely original show, original program. And it just so happened that Nathan, Nathan Sanders was the next logical step from where we were last time we did a show it 's true, I mean, for whatever reason, it just fits all together so perfectly um, you know we've been talking a lot about Lucifer and Illuminati and things like that, and today, we kind of got the other side of the equation um you know if there's a God, then there's a devil, but if there 's a devil, there's a God too, so it works both ways. The world is not controlled by evil, but hey, one thing I need to do is I need to go outside and tinkle, so let's go ahead and take a little break, I'll see you guys back here, and we will party hard a little bit longer, stay tuned. And welcome back, welcome back to the greatest radio show since, since, since friggin' Wolfman Jack. No, 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 no. I'm not. Anything like Wolfman Jack, of course not. The closest thing that we have nowadays to Wolfman Jack would probably be Wolfman Mike. Don't worry, don't worry. I'm sure at some point in the distant future, we will have the Wolfman on here again. In fact, it could probably happen at any time. That guy likes coming on the show. (laughs) Oh my god. I don't know why I started thinking of that all of a sudden. I started thinking of that show that we did with Wolf Mike. And then Todd calls in and it ends up turning into like this crazy like three-way concert. <laughs> no, okay anyways, let's talk about something else. Uh I did forget I did forget to get high. I forgot to take my pot. I forgot to Get baked, get stoned. As you all know out there, I'm a little bit of a stoner. But for whatever reason, today I just forgot to get high. I came home, I started doing the show, and I didn't even think about it. I don't know why that is. I mean, partway in, I started feeling weird like, oh, what's going on here? This doesn't feel right at all. I feel a little bit too clear, (laughs) a little bit too smart. (laughs) I need to dull things down a little bit. Bring me down to your guys' level. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I don't think I'm smarter than everybody. Well, maybe a little bit. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But anyways, you guys, I love you. And you really are so intelligent. And that's the only reason you listen to this show. This is not a show for dummies. This is a show for those of you out there that are ready for your minds to explode, to burst. We're going to fill your head with so much knowledge that your mind goes blah. Like that Jedi Mind Tricks song. Fill your head with knowledge till your mind goes bleh. I forget which album it's on. I freaking love Jedi Mind Tricks. I don't talk about them on this show enough. But Jedi Mind Tricks and also the Lost Children of Babylon. They sing about... They rap about all the stuff that I talk about on the show. I mean, they were doing it... Since when? Back in the 90s? Because they were into this stuff. They were researching it and they were... uh, they were doing what I'm doing, except they were doing it through their music, through rap music. And they have a good following. Most people, I think, that are into hip-hop, they, they have heard of Jedi Mind Tricks. They were kind of an underground thing for a long time. But I really think nowadays, with social media and all that, they're a lot more mainstream. We do have some news stories to get to. Let's see here. Aggressive deer targeting dogs in Georgia. From the CBS Miami. Peach Tree City, Georgia. Normally deer tend to scurry away when humans approach. However, in one Georgia town, a group of deer have become aggressive, attacking multiple dogs and injuring one so badly that it had to be put down. According to CBS 46 in Atlanta, Georgia... Deer in southeast Peachtree City, of course it's called Peachtree City, it's in freaking Georgia, where they love peaches, have attacked at least a dozen dogs in the area. Caroline Luxko, whose daughter Caroline Taylor's dog was attacked, described how the attack happened. All of a sudden the deer started chasing them and my daughter took off, running really fast, and the deer just trampled on her little basset hound. Oh my god. Resident Hunter Wood, whose dog had to be euthanized after it was attacked when a doe jumped the fence in his backyard, told CBS46 that he he believes people are to blame for the deer's lack of fear. We've got such a heavy deer population in this area, which is partly contributed to the fact that the neighbors feed them. He believes that the deer are mistaking dogs for coyotes, which is the reason for the aggressive behavior. Well, of course. I mean, what would eat a deer? Coyotes or wolves? So, if your deer sees a dog barking at him, it's probably just going to hate it it's going to be like, "Oh, there 's my mortal enemy get him before he gets his brothers and comes after me right That's perfectly normal behavior now, personally, if I saw a deer starting to trample on my dog or even my cat, I would knock that fucker the fuck out i mean i would I would just I would just swing a big right hand and hit him on his little reindeer nose and send his head spinning. And he's just going to flop down there on the ground. Grandma might have got run over by a reindeer, but that ain't going to happen to me. I'm going to knock that fucker out. I mean, I, I love my pets. I don't care how big and sturdy it looks. He's getting a right hand from the man. Dan the man. With the master plan. I'm going to punch that deer in his can. I love deer, by the way. I mean, I live in Washington, and there are deer here. There are deer that live in my backyard, and they're perfectly peaceful. They don't seem to be that aggressive, although they do seem to get a little bit too comfortable sometimes. And it has it has made me nervous at times, because I think to myself, well, what if one of them one day decides to take over? <laughs> and just... Uh, and, and you know, it's not like they even have to attack you because these things will get kind of wild and crazy and they'll actually run circles around my house and all that has to happen is i walk outside one day and i get hit by a you know a 200 pound deer that's flying through the air i'm not going to survive that i'll probably snap my neck i won't even have a chance to retaliate with the right hand because i'll already be down and out by the surprise attack because you know these do- these deer You know, these deer have read the art of war and they understand to strike first. Let's move on. So, this is from WXYZ.com Woman bites off part of man's ear at Macomb County Chinese Restaurant. Hmm. A woman was arrested for allegedly biting off a man biting off part of a man's ear during a fight with a man at a macomb county chinese restaurant on thursday night according to deputies they were called to china one restaurant in mount clemens around 9:40 p.m when they arrived they found a man with his ear partially bitten off and a woman with a large bump on her forehead <laughs> sounds like sounds like she caught her right hand but he's obviously <laughs> he's he obviously got the worst of it deputies say deputies say 24 year old jade anderson walked into the restaurant complaining about her order she was complaining to the owners who are also the victims in the assault due to a language barrier the victim's son translated what anderson was saying to his parents that's when anderson allegedly pushed the son and threw her food onto the floor she then started assaulting the female victim and the male victim stepped in to protect his wife oh we got a call that's when Anderson started assaulting the man, and she was pushed out of the store. She bit the man on the ear, partially detaching it. A sign on the Friday afternoon, a sign on the restaurant Friday afternoon said it was closed for some reasons. Oh, well, they don't even want to say why because they know no one will ever come back there again. Oh my God! Deputies also say Anderson left a small child at her home unsupervised. Of course she did because what good mother would bite a man's ear off? Probably smarter for her to do, though. I mean, in a fight, a woman is usually not going to have a chance against a guy unless she fights way more aggressively, and it sounds like that's pretty much what she did. So, ladies, if you want to beat a man in a fight, bite his ear off or rip his balls off or something, because that's the only way you see a chance. (laughs) And it's possible, so don't feel bad. Hello? Hello? Hey, Daniel. Hey there, buddy. Started calling on the news roundup. Okay, sounds good. Oh, yeah. Now, Todd, I'm not going to go super late tonight because I did work today. I worked very hard. I had a long day, and this is, like, just part of my awesome life, but there's only so much gas in the tank, so it's going to be a little bit of a shorter show, but still long as hell.
2: Let's put some fuel in the tank, then, and just put a lighter up to it and just blow the last part up, then.
1: Yeah, I should put some fuel in my body and stick a lighter up my ass and just blow it all up.
2: No, that's why I called in. They can blow the show up at the end. What
1: did you think of that guest, Todd?
2: He's pretty interesting. Uh, Sam. Sam, I am. Sam. Sam, if you're out there, bless Daniel's show and send Nathan a message from the universe.
1: Yes, Sam. please, Please bless me. Bless this show. Bless me with the power to send these signals to every corner of the globe.
2: Well, I was telling uh, Nathan, look up Hot Chocolate. Everyone's a winner. Because it's got this badass guitar that goes. So cool. In the mid 70s.
1: That sounds like the the theme song for Seinfeld. No, no, no. Well, it's kind of the same style. It's kind of the same instrument style.
2: Go look that fucker up. It's awesome. Hot chocolate. Nothing like Seinfeld. Hot chocolate. Everyone's a winner. What, you don't like Seinfeld? It'll take you right to Sam. Oh, I love Seinfeld.
1: What's your favorite part? What's your favorite moment? Art moment. Okay,
2: there
1: we go. Um, George is funny. My favorite George George part would probably, I mean, my favorite George scene would probably be when he was in the house that was burning down at the kids party and he started pushing all the kids Mm -hmm. and old people out of the way. That was so funny. The other funny moments where he's hiding under his
2: desk and he hires a carpenter to build a, a thing where he can sleep under his desk. <laughs> and then his boss is looking for him. He's like, fuck, where is he? <laughs> 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 he's got his built-in
1: bed. Oh. <laughs> <His arm> and- <laughs> Waking up at two or something. <laughs> <laughs> Another one that I loved was when George, he, he decided that everything he did in his life Led him to just being this kind of down and out loserish guy, so he decided to do everything the opposite of what he would usually do, and all of a sudden his life turned awesome. Oh,
2: yeah. <laughs> that was pretty funny that' pretty funny,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they had some funny moments on there. Your show's funny, so I love it, yeah, and you know i I think I take a lot of inspiration from um sitcoms and shows like Seinfeld that. You know, it it takes a lot to it takes a lot to instill and, and all that comedy and all those laughs into a show like that. You got to wonder where that stuff comes from.
2: That shit's canned on that show. Your show's real.
1: Yeah, most of it.
2: <laughs> that shit's packaged. So when you hear laughs on this show, they're actual laughs.
1: Oh yeah, my, my crazy laugh. <laughs> I much cooler, much cooler. I'm uncensored, Todd. I I'm... um, Go you ahead. know
2: your guest was talking about Neil Diamond. He was going, I am a crotch, I'm Samus, I am. Memories no, take that song.
0: I am.
2: And your guest is getting radio messages from the universe on his series. Uh, Yeah, I bet. You You know what your guest isn't considering? That the AI is watching him and sending him the messages and calling itself Sam. So he thinks it's incredible that it's the Cocteau twins are sending him messages. You know what I'm saying, Daniel?
1: Yeah, yeah. I definitely think that that's probably the argument that a lot of people are going to have, or a lot of them are going to think about when they listen to this show. And yes, there's always the possibility <laughs> that there is a deeper layer of deception and that there is another one of those, you know, those, uh, and then Daniel, I called dolls. in
2: because I'm Sam. Well, you know, you know how he's hearing messages from Sam? I'm
1: Sam. Yeah, and you know, the, so I. I
2: Give him some messages from Neil Diamond. Rock me gently. Rock me slowly.
1: Yeah, the interesting thing about that is that, yeah, there very well could be a deeper layer of deception. There could be um, demons behind the aliens and, and demons behind the demons, and there could be more layers underneath, a matrix inside of a matrix nested inside a matrix. That's always a possibility, But I really do think at some level, if you just keep going deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper, you are going to find something that is basically source, that that source of all creation, that source of all loving energy that created our universe, and it's still permeating throughout our world and ourselves today.
2: Yeah, like I said, the Neil Diamond song. Rock me gently, rock me slowly.
1: And, Take know,
2: it easy, don't you know?
1: And, and that's exactly why this is so cool, in my opinion. Because, Todd, me and you both know that on a daily basis we are bombarded by so much mind control. And even things like electronic harassment, UFO sightings, demonic interactions. There's so many weird things going on out there. Conspiracy so deep that most people wouldn't even be able to fathom. But... The bad guys, they're not, they're not that strong when you really get down to it. I mean, no matter what kinds of crazy technologies they come up with, no matter what they try to do to us, there's always this kind of divine synchronicity that could come into play at any time. And I think that's really what gets them scared.
2: Yeah, the bad guys have the, um, they're the weak, they're the losing side. They are, they're stupid. Yep. I read an article the other day about this um, this kind of genius person that was hired to go talk to a bunch of rich people that are concerned about the world coming to an end because we're in the end of days. And he thought he was going to give a speech, but when he got there, he they were asking questions. They said, listen, when the world collapses... How do we keep control over our security team? Because we've already got our bunkers built. But how do we control the guy that we're relying to protect us from the outside world? And the guy's like, hmm. Well, and they'd already thought about it, Daniel. How do they control the guards that are going to protect them when the world collapses? I don't see how they got the money and they got the security teams and they got the underground bunkers. But how are they going to get loyalty from their security guards when the world collapses? And so the rich people had already kind of figured out we'll have to put a shock collar on our top security guard that'll take him out if he doesn't follow orders, or something else. They, they couldn't figure out, they can't yet figure out how to secure their position once it's collapsed.
1: Yeah, that, that's and a very they, interesting point. makes you wonder about some of this technology.
2: Well, it's not the technology. It's if we have a collapse, these weak people will have to rely on the strong ones to protect them from the masses of hordes of starving people. And their security guard that's at the top of their structure is more powerful than they are. So how are they going to keep him following their orders? You know what the guy gave him advice? You know what his advice was? You better get to uh, know your security guard and treat him like part of the family now before the world collapses. So that when you're in that survival situation, he won't kill you and your family and take all your shit.
1: You know what? That is just not going to work because in a situation like that, there there are no friends, especially among people like that. I just don't see that working at all. No, but that's what they're concerned about. And they should be because... And, and, you know, I I do think this is why they want to kill off most of the people so that doesn't happen. If they kill everybody off, then all that will be left is a lot of their technology, which they, (laughs) they already have in the backstage... Because we know there's a backstage reality out there where they're hoarding all this awesome technology. We know it exists. We don't know exactly where. It could be underground, undersea. It could be up up high, up in space. Who knows? But somewhere out there, it's, it's like that movie that they had uh, a few years ago. where all the, Did you see it where all the rich people kind of lived on this floating pat- platform in space? Elysium. The- Elysium. Yes. Thank you. Elysium. That movie was very prophetic in my opinion.
2: I didn't see it, but I've heard enough to know the general gist. But it's
1: it's basically... Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, exactly. Mark Wahlberg. It's basically the truth. It, they're telling us that the super rich people are hiding this technology from us. I'm not going to spoil the movie for, for you, but basically the hero in the story is trying to get this technology to the poor people.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's exactly what's going on. There's a backstage reality, and these super-rich elites, they can fake their death at any time and go back into the backstage reality where they have all this cool technology and stuff, and, and they're slowly kind of releasing it to us, but they're releasing it in order to enslave us.
2: Well, I read this phony kind of article where the guy said, you know, the guy that was writing it said that the reason that the rich people asked him to speak in front of them was because he was a smart and a scientist and he could look into the future and then when he went to talk to him he they didn't want him to give a speech they wanted to ask him some questions and the questions were how do we deal with our security force when it collapses and that phony article said that in the, during the 90s, there was a point where the rich people might have helped mankind. They almost had a mindset where they might help us all, but then they finally realized that they better just get off planet and they they just got all selfish. Yeah. So they started turning inward and figuring out how to insulate themselves.
1: Well we know that the uh we know that these underground cities exist already. They've already got them built.
2: Yeah, that's but they they realize remember Marshall Masters when he talked about the the Nibiru coming Planet X? Yeah. He said all these rich people they're gonna hide down in their bunkers. But uh all the starving masses will smell where they are. Yeah, hundreds of thousands of people will be coming to their fucking bunkers, going yeah.
1: And you know there, the there's probably of- <laughs> yeah, there, there's probably stuff going going on down in those bunkers already. That's probably part of this backstage reality. That's probably where they have a lot of this technology. Um, there's been remote viewers that have remote-viewed underground bases, and they've seen all kinds of weird things. Ingo Swan, it, Yes, Ingo Swan, thank you. Uh, most powerful remote viewer that ever lived on this planet. Um, he actually... Well, not him, but other remote viewers, they've they've remote viewed these underground bases and they've seen all kinds of things like people in cages and tanks and um, soldiers walking around with guns and and even things that resemble like gray aliens and reptilians and things like that, which, which may be interdimensionals. They might be genetic chimeras. They might be, um, they, they might be so many things, but they're not necessarily aliens either. But these underground bases do exist. And this technology does exist. And these, uh, these shelters that are uh, combined or apart from these, alien so-called alien underground bases they uh you know they they might be so people can go down there when they kill us or when nibiru comes or whatever the hell's going to happen the end of days
2: well i like to see it more like there's a little click hiding whatever they real evil shit they've done it's not a big giant mass There's a little tiny click like the X-Files, you know? Remember the smoking man in the X-Files, the guy that's smoking? Yeah. Whenever he talks to Mulder, he's like always in the dark shadows behind him.
1: Yeah, very, uh,
2: relevant character, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Having a cigarette. (laughs) No one smokes anymore. (laughs) But this guy still is. (laughs) The smoking man. The smoking man on the X Files also is keeping himself alive. If you if you watch those shows, somehow he smokes and he's still a hundred years old.
1: The smoking man. Yeah, that's uh, isn't that character copied off of Deep Throat? Yeah. Yep. I'll meet you down in the garage, and tell you what Nixon was doing. I'll give you the secret tapes. And, yep. and Deep Throat was named after an old 60s porno movie. Oh, exactly. Uh, what was her name? Marilyn
2: Deep Throat. That was Marilyn somebody. Chambers.
1: <laughs> yeah, she was like the first to really um, work her throat into that. 12 inches. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Superhuman. Superhuman.
2: Very uh, popular porno movie from the seventies.
1: Yeah, back then yeah. when back then when you would see a, a woman's ankles and it was like really arousing.
2: Oh, very arousing! Yes.
1: Yeah, the Sears catalog. Oh my god. Um, if you could anyway. get a hold, if you could, when 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 you were a kid in my day, when you were a teenager. If you could get a hold of one of those Victoria's Secret catalogs, you are in heaven.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Especially the Christmas edition <laughs> with the dressed in the Santa Claus
1: outfit. Oh, yeah. You got to get the Christmas edition. Oh, yeah. I might still have some Santa's of Santa's little helper. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, no, Todd, to I, over I, I, I totally agree that... Um, I totally agree that these these elites have a problem that they're trying to figure out. And I do Uh think that that's... And you know what they told the guy? They said, we've already kind of
2: figured out maybe if we could get robots really fast, they'll follow our orders. Some robots and some drones, Daniel. Yeah. Can you see why they want robots really fast?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, it it makes all the sense in the world. And without a shadow of doubt, we are being pushed into this transhumanist new age. And and whether that includes a uh, a major event orchestrated by these Illuminati to take out a big percentage of the population, I suppose that remains to be seen. But I can only imagine that they do have plans and backup plans and Plan Bs, Plan A, Cs, and Bs. And they probably don't know exactly how it's going to play out. They're just pushing us towards this, this uh, big event. I liked,
2: I liked what your guest was saying earlier. He said that the universe is going to communicate through music. And people can communicate through music. And they know this. They know this too. But guess what? The universe is faster than them. Something's slipping in, Daniel, ahead of them and saving all of mankind. I don't know what that is, but it is going to communicate through music, just like your guest said. That's the best way. They know this. That's why they tried to create all of our music that we love. uh No, whatever's going to save us is ahead of them. And it's coming in through the music too. The music.
1: Yeah, I I believe it. And and that's probably why these forces have tried to take over the music because they know the power that it has on people. Like you send Mm -hmm. out, um lady gaga and Katy perry and miley cyrus mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. yeah you put lady gaga you put Katy perry What's that other one
2: that miley cyrus yeah and when miley cyrus got up there and humped that
1: thing oh that little on the, that little whore that little hussy
2: but but kind of androgynous
1: yeah, um, she, she's Miley a bad Cyrus, one. kind of androgynous. She's a real bad kid. I don't particularly care for her.
2: And then Katy Perry, so beautiful. So, no
1: wonder they'd use her. So beautiful, but mind-controlled. Yeah, totally. Britney Spears. Mind-controlled
2: titties. And here there's some mind control videos on Britney Spears recently that show she's breaking
1: down. Yeah, and they're mind-controlling us with their titties. Oh, yeah, make it. Caught some kind waggle. of reaction. Yep. And in that whole Britney Spears thing, I mean, that was disgusting. That was all about, like, underage, underage this, underage that. That was just, that was the first stage of the pedophilia. And then they brought out Miley Cyrus, who's even younger and looks younger. And, and she's gapped dancing it around. Off, yeah. it
2: off. Yeah.
1: Yeah, she's sticking things in Kind put a cherry on the. <laughs> oh, God. and then looks, what look was what's happening song? now look what's what happening um, now that was the one that
2: just, yeah <laughs> whoa
1: well look what's happening now now you have all these people that call themselves um non non-offending pedophiles and that's the whole thing now they want to be part of the l t j l t g b how does that go l g t b lgtb movement they want to be part of the gay transgendered whole thing they want to be integrated into Mm. that the multicultural diversity thing the rainbow well
2: i mean whatever you know i mean
1: if you're not screwing a kid no that's what i'm saying that's what what i'm saying like yeah no 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 that you're misunderstanding these (laughs) these non-offending pedophiles they're trying to join up with these other groups.
2: No, don't confuse Don't confuse the issues. There's pedophiles, and then there's gay and lesbians and transsexuals and whatever else. Um,
1: no, no, no. You're, you're they misinterpreting want, they want it. Uh, no, hold on, Todd. State no, Daniel stop it. Bates? Stop it. No, no. Let me talk. <laughs> no, uh, no. What I'm saying is that these these pedophiles they i'm not saying that the gay transgender people are pedophiles i'm saying that the non effendi pedophiles want to be part of that group they're trying to be accepted and they're trying to like they're trying to <coughs> pin their star to that group so that they can be accepted because that those groups are in the process of being accepted no it's it's it's
2: it's it's different it's <sighs>
3: They never mind. You know what, Todd? System. Never
2: never mind. <laughs> okay. Yeah, never mind.
1: <laughs> Todd, you're you're really fucked up right now, aren't you? I've had a few beers. That's what I thought. Saturday. That's what I thought. Okay, that You know what? Forget that whole thing that I was trying to explain. <laughs> you win. <laughs> <laughs> no, you win. <laughs> okay, we both win. You win. win. Everyone's a winner. I told
2: you it's that
1: hot chocolate song.
2: Everyone's a winner, baby. That's the chew. God, go look up that hot chocolate. It's so good. If you thought Michael Jackson was good, go look at this black guy. He's a beautiful black guy. I don't remember what his name is, but
1: uh, hot chocolate. Hey, Todd, what do you what do you think should be the mind-blowing mo- I'm sorry. What do you think should be the mind-blowing moment of the day?
2: Oh, that's a good
1: question. You're blowing my mind, man. <laughs> Mom well,
2: you're pretty cool. I like you, Jeff. I'll say the mind going moment of the day is Sherry called in. So nice to hear her voice.
1: Yeah, we haven't heard from her and, in a while. Uh, that was kind of a blast from oh, the that past. That was really cool. Sherry has a beautiful voice, too. You know that. Oh yeah, of course. I she hasn't been on here in a while, but I always talk to Sherry, uh, you know, personally through the uh, text messages. Sherry's always thinking deeply and has a huge heart. Yeah, um, definitely. She she has a uh, you know she's always off on her own little uh, tangents and interests, and they they're, they're we're not always on the same page, but we tend to always end up crossing streams at some point.
2: But I love that because she's always searching for the truth too. Until she's really, you know, a good person with a big heart. So I loved hearing a, a female's voice on here. Yeah.
1: Yeah, the that's a that's a like problem. A big, yeah. Big sausage fest. Shows kind of like a big sausage fest. Yeah, most. <laughs> it's like
2: Bohemian Grove. Yeah. <laughs> you got Wolfman Mike on here and the Bigfoot screwing guys in the woods. <laughs>
1: Bohemian Grove, yeah, you got Nixon running around. So uh, I got another another news story. Alright. So this is from Express, the Express.co.uk Newspaper over in England. London. 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 Good old London. London fog. It says blood rain pours down Blood Rain (laughs) pours down in Russian freak weather event prompting biblical plague panic rain in a remote region of russia has turned a bloodstained red in a shocking weather event extraordinary footage of the scene shows the red rain poured down in the siberian city of norilsk video of the rain show shows a car park at a local nickel and copper processing plant in the arctic the vehicle's and ground were soaked in blood-red rain. According to Russia Today, locals in Norilsk fear that the rain signaled an impending apocalypse or biblical plague. One witness said it's like a horror movie. There was bloody rain. Health officials were quick to point out that the oddly-colored rain was not a risk to the local population. A spokesperson for the metal giants Nornickel told TASS News Agency that they conducted a probe and established the cause of the incident. Far from being the effect of pollution, the, cl- the company claimed the rain was caused by a cleanup operation. Nor Nickel, which owns the... I'm not even going to try to pronounce that. Processing plant said that the company had been carrying out a cleanup in the mining city on Saturday. Huge quantities of iron oxide had been removed from the factory floor and roof in order to improve the environment. The material was gathered and prepared to be taken away. They said that a gust of wind blew it over the parking lot while the rain caused it to fall, producing the eerie scene. Pretty cool, though. It, I'm looking at pictures right here. The entire ground just looks soaked with bloody rain. That's definitely a sign. I mean, regardless Mm -hmm. of how it happened, that is a sign of the end of days. It is here.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Blood rains. It's one of the end of days, the signs of the end of the days. When the sky rains with blood, it's being reported,
1: people. The moon's supposed to turn bloody during the end of days. That's why your show's going, so we can document these last.
2: Signs before the world turns and burns and meteors come in
1: and Miley, Miley Cyrus gyrates. Miley Cyrus One of those gyrates and yeah, sticks things up her with J.J. as the blood red moon uh, glows uh, overhead and wormwood flies down upon us
2: so good. So good.
1: and there's pestilence and disease and Death riding his skeleton horse across the desert, getting ready to chop some motherfuckers' heads off because this is the end of days. The
2: broken
1: ruins of Babylon
2: much is lost but not all is gone. The block now cracks and chips. The paint begins to fade. All is not lost but This is the end of of days. Days. End of days. Days. Nice. Never to rewind. Is this my world? Or have I I lost my my mind? mind? I look around and see. Could
1: be the end end of of time. This is the end. Oh, man, you got me all going now. This is
2: the end of days. We stare off into the haze. It's the end.
1: The end of days. All right, and with that, Todd, thank you for calling. I'm going to let you go and wrap up the show. I got to sleep sometime. Sounds good, my man. I'm glad I got that in. Awesome. I will talk to you later. Alright, peace, bro. Peace. That was Todd the Bod. Todd the Bod the God with the iron rod. Or staff, because he's like Moses. Um, boy, I am getting a little sleepy. I did finally take some pot. And I am starting to feel the effects. Finally, it feels a little strange. I usually do it much earlier. But... There's a few more things I want to talk about. I didn't really flesh out that whole thing I was trying to explain to Todd. But so I've been getting a lot busier on the Twitter, Twitter. And I know a lot of you guys are on Twitter. I know a lot of a lot of you guys out there found this show through Twitter. And I've kind of got a following on there. I mean, it started off small and it's growing and growing. And it's part of the show, but it's also kind of separate from the show, too, because there's probably people on there that see my tweets that don't even listen to the show. Hopefully they will. But for whatever reason, I got talking about the whole pedophilia thing, and I became aware of these people called non-offending pedophiles. These are people that have the desire to have intercourse with kids, and it's now considered, I mean, no, it's not now considered, but they want it to actually be considered a sexual orientation. Like, you are born, and you just have this attraction to children, and it's totally normal and natural, it just happened, and you can't control it, and you should just accept it and and uh, play with a little Chucky doll or something, right? Or a little Raggedy Ann doll. Because you can't do it to a real kid, so you gotta, like... Mess with a doll or something. I don't know. Um, but the thing is, like, really, come on, people. Are you that stupid? Come on. If these people... Well, you know, first of all, let me finish the story. So, I'm on the, I'm on the Twitter, and I make a tweet. I'm like, oh, this is sick. These people are... These non-offending pedophiles, they're sick. They're disgusting. They're sick. And I tweet that out, right? Next thing I know, I'm getting an... A private message from a non-offending pedophile. He's like, oh, I heard what you said. I'm a non-offending pedophile. I'm like, what? Why are you? You know, I don't even think he direct messaged me because I think they had to be like following you or you had to be following them for that to happen. I think what he did was he actually responded to that tweet and he said, something like, I'm a non-offending pedophile. And Blah, blah, blah. I don't even remember what he said. I didn't even let him get started. As soon as I saw a non-offending pedophile, I was like, block. 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 Just right then and there. Fuck that guy. Fuck him. That is some sick shit. I don't care what anybody says. I mean, if you're into whatever, and it's not hurting anybody, so be it. But most things like that are relatively harmless, whether you're Uh, you're gay or you're into, like, I don't know. There's so many weird fetishes out there. Go on the internet and look them up. I mean, there's, like, millions of them. But pedophilia is just one of those things that I don't think you should encourage. I mean, is anybody out there really, like, only interested in children? Like, I don't think that anything like that is set in stone. I mean... If somebody's having those thoughts, those are those are dark thoughts. Those are those are ungodly. They're abominable. And sure, they happen, but why would you encourage it? Why would you be like, well, I'm going to run with that one. Ooh. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. I mean, no, it's not okay. Why would you encourage that within yourself? Why would you cultivate dark desires of that nature? And you act like you have no choice. Give me a fucking break. Of course you do you have to be into children. Give me a fucking break. Chop your damn balls off if you really think that. Chop your dong off. You probably should. I I'm I mean, I'm not saying that you should go out and kill these people. I mean, they need help. They need to get better. They need treatment. But don't start saying that it's normal. Don't normalize it. That is sick. That is that is Lucifer doing that. That's Lucifer Morningstar. That is some satanic evil shit and it's everywhere nowadays and the fact that there are non-offending pedophiles and they are trying to be part of the LTG LTGB movement that is not okay. I hope that these LTGB people do not accept them and it looks like they're starting to lean towards accepting them. I don't think that they should because you you let that in there and that's I mean that's the end of days indeed. This stuff should not be accepted ever why would anybody want to open the door to that in society you want to become like sodom and gomorrah like what happened to those guys that's not right how how is how is this stuff being justified what do you call that a moral relativism we talked about that a couple times on the show you know, where it's not wrong depending on your perspective or it is wrong depending on your perspective. No, fuck that. Pedos, Geppettos, Peders, Podesta, Hillary, no. And N-O, oh, no, it's not okay. It never will be okay. It never has been okay. Even back in the days of old, the days of Noah, why do you think why do you think the most high sent the floods to kill the Nephilim? Because, because the Nephilim were a bunch of fucking child molesters. And that's what was going on back then. Molestin Podesta and Molesta Pizza Gate. Pizzagate back in uh, two thousand BC <laughs> Uh, sorry, that's not funny. I shouldn't laugh at that. Disgusting. And you know what's worse is when innocent people like Michael Jackson or Pee Wee Herman get get accused of stuff like that because it really is the most vile thing a person can be or the most vile thing a person can do. And I'm totally accepting of all, all uh, sexual identities except that one. And I, I don't like the poop thing either, quite frankly. I think if you're in, into eating poop or smearing poop all over your face, you should try something else and get off of that because, well, it's poop. Uh, Apparently, let's move on from this. This is a sick subject. I don't even want to talk about this. Apparently, my favorite filmmaker, Quentin Tarantino, he's going to be making a movie about Another one of my favorites, Charles Manson, and I don't mean favourite as in I think that he's a good guy or I like the guy, it's just one of my favorite topics for whatever reason. It just defines the sixties. There's so many like mind control elements, it's such a mystery what really happened there. What what is the true story behind the Manson family? Were they mafia hitmen? Were they mind controlled MK Ultra? Was it all done by the CIA? What is the truth there? Hopefully one day we'll know the truth. But I, I'm i excited that Tarantino is going in that direction. I mean, the, the guy's a genius. I know he's got into some controversy lately. Everybody runs into some controversy at some point. He's made some very strange comments that a lot of people disagree with. He's very Hollywood, liberal, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But the guy makes great movies. They're very entertaining. And I'm excited about this. Ugh, I'm starting to get tired and hungry oh i had such a good lunch today i had a big fat burger from red robin oh boy that was delicious um you know another thing that i've been doing a lot lately i've been taking a lot of sleeping pills and a lot of caffeine It's bad because I do have a lot going on and I've been totally addicted to these substances because they help me do what I need to do, which is work a full-time job and do this show and there's been a lot of weirdness and drama in my life lately, a lot of drama, baby mama drama, or just drama, not baby mama drama, but normal drama, and I've been getting stressed out, haven't been able to sleep, I take the sleeping pills, I can't wake up, I drink the caffeine. It's just a vicious cycle that makes me more and more burnout, out, more and more tired, more and more unable to think or communicate. It's running me down. It's almost like something's attacking me. Something's attacking my mind. It's throwing me off track. It's getting me addicted to things so that I, can't, so that I lose my connection to Source. That's what it's all about. It's all about diluting your perceptions and running you down ragged. So that you become weak spiritually. That's what's happening to me. I mean, these things help me, help me keep my schedule together, and they help me accomplish all that I accomplished. Because let's face it, I'm amazing, and I I know that I am. I get so much done, and I create so much, and I provide so much for the world out there. And that's why everybody loves me. That's why I am their golden god. I, I mean, what am I saying? I'm becoming Luciferian again. I shouldn't say stuff like that. I'm humble. I would never call myself a golden god. Or a god at all. I'm so over that stuff. I'm not a god. I'm a man. A man named Dan. A mortal man who could die from a tin can being thrust into his throat. I'm just a mortal. I feel my mortal coil. I'm only a man. And a man can only do so much. There's nothing wrong with being a man. I don't have to be a god. A man can get quite a bit done. A man can accomplish quite a bit. Or a woman or woman with a Y. The feminist version. <laughs> and you know what's funny about... You know what's funny about feminism? Do you guys realize that the original feminists were part of the... Uh, uh, what What is it called? The abolition movement or the uh, prohibition movement. The whole prohibition, banning alcohol, all that. That was all like women banding together because they hated men drinking alcohol and beating them and being horrible so they formed this big group and that was like the first time that women ever came together and then once they got rid of alcohol they're like oh shit what do we do now we got this big group going oh let's 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 get the opportunity to vote let's move on that now we want to vote next thing you know women can vote then what happens look at society today i'm just kidding i'm just kidding calm down Jeez, you guys, you think I'm some kind of misogynist or something? I'm kidding. But it is funny when you think about that story, because really what they did was they created Al Capone, Al Capone, who went out and made that town his own. He really took over. He's one of the biggest gangsters of all time, if not the biggest and most famous Al Capone. He he took over all of Chicago. But I do want to improve the female aspect of the show, and I'm going to start by uh, I'm going to start by wearing a wig, and a- I'm going to start talking like this, <laughs> and I'm going to interview people as my alternate personality. I'm Danielle. Hello, everybody. I'm a feminist. My favorite people are Ellen DeGeneres and Rosie O'Donnell. I like to wear a vagina hat. I voted for Hillary. If you did not vote for Hillary, you are. St- stupid you are stupid you if you're a housewife you are a slave and you need to be liberated from your slave master who's your husband if you're a housewife you are a slave you are a loser you need to get a career and be like me a lesbian (laughs) i'm just kidding calm down oh my god (laughs) this is gonna get ugly But but seriously, like all jokes aside, I do want to like improve the female element of this show in terms of getting more female guests. It's true, this place has turned into a sausage fest. And why that is, I don't know. Maybe it's my dickhead personality, but I tend to not really bring enough women on the show and I'm going to remedy that very soon. I'm going to make sure that for every male that I invite, I will invite a female or at least like three to one because let's face it, this tinfoil hat shit, it's mostly male dominated with the occasional crazy female who has a bird's nest in her hair. You know, it's true, but Hey, some of those females with bird nests in their hair are pretty damn cool. I think maybe one of them wants to date me at some point. Who knows? (laughs) Some of them might actually be attractive. But uh, no, seriously, like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I let it get this way. And you guys that have commented on that are totally right. Um, There has been a complete lack of a female aspect on the show. And I'm going to fix that because an imbalance of any kind is not good. That's why we have males and females. That's why there's light and darkness, the yin and the yang. If you don't have that balance there, you don't have a real complete show. And I've looked at the stats, like like 70% of the audience out there is male, and it didn't start out like that. We used to have almost just as many female audience members. I don't know if it's my effed up humor or what, <laughs> or the fact that all the guests are male, or maybe there's just like a lot of male aggressive energy that goes through the show, but we're going to fix that. We're going to fix that. We're not going to turn it into some friggin' friggin' girl fest. We're not going to do that or nothing. It's not going to turn into the view. Don't worry. But we are going to make a concerted effort to stop saying things that piss off the feminists. This one chick, she she went off on me on YouTube. I was like, hey, I'm just joking. That's an on personality. That's not me. I was totally lying. But I was like, that's an on personality. That's not me. But she was like, oh, it's okay. I still like you, but... Uh, you we need to make sure that males and females aren 't saying things to increase this polarity this uh aggression and war between males and females. I was like, "Oh, she kind of burnt me there. She got me she 's right i gotta i gotta stop that I gotta stop saying these inadvertently misogynistic things and pissing off my female audience members and and pissing off all the feminists out there that 's not cool, Daniel. So, I'm going to do something to get our female listenership up. I Might do a cooking show or something like that. I'm just kidding. Jeez. <laughs> but really, I'm going to uh I'm going to work on that and I'm going to start maybe this might be all I do. I'm going to make sure that we get more female guests on here. And if we can't find one, we will find one. And I will not let this be a freaking sausage fest anymore. Because let's face it. We love women. And we love titties. Probably shouldn't say that either. But we love them. And I want there to be more more titties on this show. And hopefully none of these women listening. I mean hopefully none of these women that are going to come on are listening right now. But we got to do something about this. We have to. And it's going to start now. No more misogynistic comments. More female guests. And a better, more evolved Daniel. A more evolved, more mature, more manly Daniel. I want to be the Daniel that ladies swoon over. The Daniel who talks like this. With a deep, sexy, masculine voice. Ooh, ladies. Ladies, are you getting turned on already? This is the new end of days radio. (laughs) Yeah. Kind of sound like somebody else, don't you think? Hey now. Um there is <laughs> And that's pretty much all I got. I'm so tired. I think I'm starting to drone on. I went on with that feminist invite more women on the show thing a little bit too long. And that's usually when I start getting really baked. And I start to just kind of drone on. And that's when that little voice inside me says, Daniel, you've been going on too damn long. (laughs) Let's face it, it's true. I only did a three hour and four minute show tonight. That's disgraceful. I'm usually on air for a good five hours. But hey, it's still twice as long as any other podcast out there. Podcast. This isn't a podcast. It's a God cast. (laughs) Because your host is a God a god that can shapeshift into a female. Hey, it's me again, Daniel. <laughs> Sorry, I know, not funny. Okay, let's 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 pull this to a close. Let's let's take let's take all of our lights down. Let's wrap up. Let's fold up our blankets. And let's get the heck out of here. Let's take our ball and go home. You guys, I love you. Go to endofdaysradio.com. If you want to donate to the show, go to endofdaysradio.com. Click that PayPal link if you want to find out who's coming on the show, check out that upcoming guest part of that webpage, endofdaysradio.com. That'll tell you who's coming on and when. You can join the forum there. You can listen to any past episode. Just do it. Go to endofdaysradio.com. There's so much freaking knowledge and information. There'll it blow your damn mind. You'll never get through it all. I've been doing this show for like, what, five, six years, maybe more, six years. There's six years worth of content up there. Go fucking listen to all that shit. Right now. Do it. Blow your damn mind. Become like me. A psychopath. Wearing a foil hat. Become like me. Everybody out there should be like me. Because I am perfect in every way. And I am here to spread enlightenment. And, I, and I'm serious about that female guest thing. I I know I'm making some awful inflammatory jokes but I'm serious about that I'm trying to evolve and grow as a person and part of that is showing that maturity and making those little changes to make things better and I'm going to leave it at that before I ruin it again (laughs) I'm going to leave it at that so you guys out there you guys out there know that I Daniel, I love you you listening right now I have a connection with you All of the listeners out there, you are the wind beneath my wings. You float my boat. You are the reason I exist and the reason I do this. And and all of you guys out there, you need to start your own broadcast or your own newsletter or your own blog or just go on social media and troll like I do. We got to get the truth out there. And until we do, this world is going to remain a hell. It's going to remain hades it's gonna remain purgatory it's gonna remain the 12th dungeon of hell i wonder which level lucifer lives at somebody told me that lucifer doesn't even live in hell they say he lives in heaven like why would lucifer live in hell he's an angel he lives in heaven i was like okay yeah that's true that's a trick lucifer doesn't live in hell I mean, he might not be on the good side anymore, but he's out there in the heavens and the in the fifth dimension and that and that's why he's able to deceive us because he deceives us with his light, and Holograms are made out of light, and we know this he's the light bringer, he's the wicked one he's the he's the prince of darkness, he's the lord of the air, he's the lord of flies, he's basilbub, he's satan he's, he's Baal. There's so many different names, but that darkness out there exists. And if you even think for one second that there is no devil, well, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing you that he does not exist. And he does. There's a God, there's a devil, there's a light and there's a dark side. Deep down, you know this. So pull yourself out of denial, dry yourself off, get back on your feet And let's do this. We got to band together. We got to form an army. And once we have that army, I don't know what we're going to do with it, but let's just work on forming an army for now because together there is strength and alone we are weak. And all the good people out there, of all faiths, all those that believe in the Most High, we need to band together right now. And we need to put aside our differences. We need to end some of this bullshit going on in the world. Like, what's going on in Israel? On the Gaza Strip? My god, this is so disgusting. You know, I've avoided this topic on air for so long. But you know what? Fuck that. This sick shit going on over there. I mean, they're killing kids. Who are doing nothing. They're throwing people off of their land. They're beating them up. They're killing them. And why? For no fucking reason. Because they are sick and the whole western world ignores it most of the people out there they ignore it and if you say anything negative about what israel is doing they say that you're a fucking anti-semite why because you don't like seeing innocent kids getting killed over nothing and then they justify it by saying that they are terrorists get the fuck out of here sick of that bullshit sick of this fucked up mind control twisted up is down down is up nonsense are you kidding me is anybody in their right mind really going to even try to defend that? Yeah, everybody just gets quiet and they pay attention to other things. Oh, kids in cages, kids in cages. Oh my God, Trump, 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 Trump. Oh my God, Trump, 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 Rosanne, Trump, Rosanne, Trump, Rosanne. <laughs> Penasa, Penasa, Penasa. Trump, Trump, Trump. Give me a fucking break. Get the fuck out of here. I'm so sick of hearing about this right versus left bullshit. You guys are idiots. I mean, not you guys listen to the show. I mean, everybody out there in society those people are idiots fucking stupid left versus right right versus left you guys are all fucking dumb you're getting manipulated by rothschild rothschild who owns israel who controls all media y'all are getting played left versus right fuck you idiots republicans democrats stupid as fuck both of them People spending hours and hours going back and forth on social media. Mm, liberals, eh, right wingers, eh, Trump, Trump, Trump supporters, liberals. Trump supporters, liberals. We're going to protest, we're the John House. Fuck that shit. Fuck that. I know I'm using foul language. Fuck cunt. Cunt fuck. Yeah, I was about to stop the show, but I got fired up again because somebody started talking about Israel. And that person was me. I don't give a fuck what anybody thinks about that. If you support the killing of children, you are a dumb fuck and a sick fuck and evil. I'm not talking about putting kids in cages. That was a distraction. That was some bullshit the media was putting out there to distract you from what's really going on. And that's little children getting shot in the face in Gaza and you are doing nothing about it. Nothing! Wake the fuck up. Wake the fuck up put your beer down turn your tv off what's going on in the middle east right now exactly you don't care because nobody can say anything about anything bad about israel ooh ooh oh no israel oh no i'm going to get beat up or banned somebody's going to come kill me no fuck that i'm sick of this shit I'm not going to hold it back anymore. Fuck Israel. Fuck Zionism. Hey, if you're Jewish, I love Jewish people. I am a Jew. I am a Hebrew. I believe in Juda- Judaism. If you're Jewish, you're fucking awesome. But if you're a Zionist, if you support the killing of children on the Gaza Strip, you are a fucking piece of shit. Fuck Zionism. Fuck Israel. Fuck Israel. Fuck Israel. Fuck Israel. Stand up to Israel. Israel boycott israel stop giving money to israel fuck israel fuck israel fuck israel good night everybody